and I feel like it's still relevant today because because of a lot of things, mostly because of what's going on politically, um, and also women, you know, aren't being paid well or as well as men, and there's lots of stuff going on uh, in our society that are not women are not equal. There's still problems. So this this dance is this particular dance, the March Slav, is a dance about freedom. And then I, I inv- at the end of the program, I invite the audience, if they like to stand up, if they would like to experience some Duncan gestures, and believe it or not, everyone stands up, including the men, and they stand up, and I, I have them reach up to the heavens and move their arms like branches in the wind, and move their arms like waves put their hands, cross their hands on their solar plexus and lift their solar plexus and extend their arms up to the heavens. And then they reach down to the earth. They can pick up a little piece of earth and bring it to their heart and share it with everyone. Now, I know this may sound corny. Um, It does sound corny. But when you're in the middle of it, everyone does it. Everyone seems to have fun doing it. And they're involved. It's something different. It's a way of expressing something inside of us, some love, some pain, some sorrow, some joy. It's, it, Isadora said the smallest gesture can change the world. Imagine mm. that. If you just take your hand and you go, you put it on your heart and you just lift it up and extend it to your neighbor to the side, you see how that feels. It does change you. It does. And you must experience to, it to, to really know what I'm talking about. I'd like to read a quote by Isadora. She says, she was a wonderful writer. She wrote a book. She wrote a group of lectures that I, are just gorgeous. The dancer of the future will be one whose body and soul has grown harmoniously together that the nature of the language of the soul will have become the movement of the body. Imagine saying that in 1904. I mean, that's, are you kidding? No one ever spoke like that. Really ahead of our time. Carl Sandburg wrote a poem to Isadora. The wind, I am the wind, the sea and the moon. I am the sea and the moon, tears, pain, love, birds flight. I am all of that. I am what I dance. Um, so that That's beautiful. definitely expresses um, one more quote. I am seeking that dance. Well, wait a minute. This is the one I'd rather read. I have discovered the dance. I have discovered the art which has been lost for thousands of years. So I I always open the program by saying, I am your designated Isadora Duncan dancer. I am not trying to be Isadora. I am just showing you a glimpse of her choreography and the beautiful art that she left us. Her dance is all about expressing beauty and truth. And I'm a peace activist. I've, I've done peace work all my life. And I feel 
when you express beauty and truth, it will change the world. So, I I agree, um, and uh, all of those sentiments that that Isadora was speaking to, and that you're passing along, um, really. I think they definitely resonate um, because, like you said, even those small gestures, whether it's just something that you do with your body, um, right. whether you're, you're releasing some sort of uh, mental uh, block by, by releasing um, stress in your body and, right. you know, changing the world, you know, some, like you said, kind of people, you know, people get this kind of insurmountable concept of what it means to change the world but really what it means is having the the uh the calmness and and the human spirit within yourself oh that's beautiful yes yes and and i i think that's beautifully said thank you valerie i would like just to say i spoke to a friend of mine he's a dance historian in canada and a and an isadora duncan dancer uh his name is uh, pj dwyer paul dwyer and he's a good friend of mine, and he's been very helpful to me. Um, when I need some research done, he helps me out. And, and um, anyway, we were talking about why is this dance relevant today? And, and we both agree that um, the dance today, is, I, I believe it's, it's at the end of a cycle of obsession with technique. And believe me, I have nothing against the dance that's going on today. I mean, it is beautiful. The technique is off the charts. It's it's almost hard to watch because the movements are glorious, and there's there's one glorious movement after another glorious movement after another. But it it, it does sometimes lack that human emotion that story, that feeling, that letting go. And so we both feel that it's, there's, there's so much technique today in dance that when people think of dancers, they think of athletes. Now, yes, you do have to be in good shape to do, I have to be in very good shape to do these programs. But believe me, this dance should not be based on athleticism. You must have strong feet, strong back, strong legs and strong arms but our dance is not the if you if you're watching a duncan dancer and the technique stands out believe me isadora would say not a duncan dancer mm-hmm. if you see the technique if you see the leg in high attitude like a ballet dancer it's far removed from what isadora left us and i believe what she imparted and wanted us to do. And how do we know this? I, I really think this is an important thing to share. We have almost every great artist of her time, either drew her, painted her, or sculpted her. Rodin sculpted her. And I, I have a quote by Rodin in a moment. He said Isadora was his greatest influence, that she was a genius. This is documented. So if you see a Duncan dancer, and you you notice too much technique, it's something to be questioned. Now, some people say that the Duncan dance is moving along, and there are modern Duncan dancers, and that's that could be that could be true. Uh, 
for me, I like to keep the Duncan dance in its more natural state. Oh, I started to say, Isadora was, she, every great artist of her time either drew her, painted her, or sculpted her. I think I did say that. And so that's how we know how she moved, what she looked like, what her movements were like. And, and you know, if you look at these drawings, I, I personally have hundreds of them in my collection. I've copied them, I've, I've got books, I've got so much material. And when you look at the drawings of Isadora, they're all very much the same. I mean, you know it's a different artist, but the gestures and movements are so similar that she, we know how she moved. She didn't put her leg in high attitude. She wasn't about kicking her leg over her head. Mm -hmm. It wasn't about that. You see the intensity of the emotion in the movement it's the intensity of the emotion not the movement and so I, I really feel that's an important statement because is Duncan dance may be going in a different direction and there's not much anybody can do about that so it is it is what it is and you are going to be performing some of these exquisite dances. The Dances of Isadora Duncan Lives, I believe, is the name of the program at the Corette Auditorium, which is at the main library here in San Francisco on April 30th, I believe. Is that right. Sunday, Sunday, April 30th from 2 to 4 p.m. Uh, and it's a, it's a free program. Yes, it's a free program, and, and I just like to tell everyone the Corette Theater is a beautiful little theater right in the San Francisco Main Library right across the street from BART and so it's easy to access um, the meters on Sunday there are meters so one could drive in but there's a parking lot right across the street at Civic Center Yes. and the program is called The Dances as you said Isadora Duncan Lives A Revolution Through Dance and it is still a revolution. It is still uh, relevant today because Isadora left us a beautiful art. Um, she, and also I'd like to, I think I mentioned this earlier, Isadora was a wonderful writer and many of her ideas have been documented and written. She's, she wrote a book, My Life, and she wrote this, uh, these lectures and um, and then, you know, all these people that followed her, Martha Graham and Jose Limon and, and uh, Ruth St. Dennis, and they were all inspired, these great artists were all inspired by Isadora. Well, and Valerie, thank you so much for allowing me to uh, talk about our great California native daughter. <laughs> it has been an absolutely delightful uh, afternoon speaking with you uh, again everyone you're listening to uh, women's magazine here on mutiny radio.fm and the, my guest today has been lois flood who did is the founder of the D and director of the diablo dance theater and has been dancing the dances of isadora duncan for over 25 years lois i i hope we can continue this conversation another time but i really want to um so we can even talk more about this revolutionary uh, iconoclast that was isadora duncan um, but i thank you so much for your time today and um, i really 
uh, encourage people to go out to um, see Lois dancing at the Corette Auditorium here in San Francisco at the Main Library on Sunday, April 30th from 2 to 4 p.m. It is a free show and it is, as mentioned, uh, a very lovely theater, the Corette Auditorium. Um, So Lois Flood, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Valerie. Thank you so much. Have I missed anything? Is there any other information we should be giving to the to the folks out there? No, no. I, I, I think you, you said it beautifully, and it's greatly appreciated. Um, I, I think it is absolutely um, important that, that we, as local Northern California people, especially Northern California, know about this great woman and bring her forward and... She's a wonderful inspiration for young, young girls and young women because her dance lets the woman be sensuous and not overly sexual. And that's, that's something that is new. <laughs> Used to be old, but now it's new again. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Valerie. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Lois Flood. Wow, this has been such an amazing installment of uh, for Women's History Herstory Month, National Women's History Month here in the United States. Uh, such a pleasure and a privilege to be here at Mutiny Radio to uh, to share this kind of history with you that doesn't often get taught or, or talked about. But now we're talking about it and we're teaching and we're spreading the word here on Women's Magazine here at Mutiny Radio. And um, again, uh, thank you for listening to the show today. And I encourage you to tune in and uh, go to mutinyradio.fm and you can listen to some of the other podcasts um, from all all these months, but um, especially March, because um, I I was so happy to have a guest every Friday uh, this this year, this March, to celebrate women. um, And uh, it's just been a real honor. And I I was thinking today how it would be rather... um, punchy if uh, Time Magazine named Man of the Year the woman. Uh, I think it's uh, the year of the woman. It's the year of the town hall. It's the year of so much change and um, we can definitely elevate uh, our plane here and uh, and the playing field so to speak. So thank you again for listening to Women's Magazine. I'm Global Val and remember just when your aspirations seem outrageous like daring to give freedom to movement Just remember, inspiration is contagious. Peace and thank you. And thank you again to my gracious guest today, Lois Flood, who will be performing the dances of Isadora Duncan Sunday, April 30th, 2 to 4 p.m. at the Corret Auditorium, San Francisco Main Library, right across the street from public transportation. Please go enjoy the show and uh, enjoy life. Lots of love, everyone. All right. Hey, everybody. Happy Friday. This is Global Val. You were just listening to part of a podcast from last Friday, which is which was March 24th. Today is March 31st. We're here at Mutiny Radio, mutinyradio.fm. You're welcome to come down and join us at the corner of 21st and Florida Streets. That's 2781 21st Street here in San Francisco's Mission District. And we are here every Friday from three to six as part of the Common Thread Collective, where we open our, our door, our hearts, our minds, and, uh, and our microphones to you. 
and all your friends and kin. So come down and join us, and uh, we'd love to see you sometime. Spring has sprung, so the the days are warm, the uh, the days are long. So uh, when we when we scoot out of here at about six o'clock or a little before six o'clock, uh, it's light out and the light is beautiful and um, we're certainly happy to be here and uh, i hope you enjoyed that last uh, little segment that was uh, last week's women's magazine and uh, like i mentioned in there um, every friday of march with the exception of today the last friday uh, i was i was lucky enough to have a guest every friday because it was is women's history month and so uh great to have so many different voices come through. Uh, the March 3rd episode, E.K. Keith uh, was my guest um, because she went to the Women's March on Washington in Washington, D.C. So she came in on March 3rd to tell us about that experience. On March 10th, I had Mona Lisa Wallace, Esquire, Green Feminist is her handle if you look up uh, hashtag Green Feminist. And um, we were talking about the, the wisdom of of elders and the legality of, of, an, of environmental uh, impacts uh, that we're all a, you know part of this ecosystem. Uh, she and I are going to be throwing down a, a cool show on April 22nd at Earth Day San Francisco Civic Center. Come on down for that free public event. Um, that'll be in coordination with the March for Science here in San Francisco. And then on the 17th of March, my guest was Gisela Tangui, who is the founding member of the band The Voodoo Cabaret. Um, check out their music. Um, they're going to be opening up Earth Day at the stage at 12, the main stage, 12 o'clock noon, Saturday, April 22nd. And of course, the episode you were just listening to was last week with Lois Flood. She's the founder of the Diablo Dance Theater and is a uh, an Isadora Duncan dancer and historian. So uh, she's going to be performing at the Corette Auditorium Sunday, April 30th from 2 to 4 p.m., which is also a free event, um, a beautiful room downstairs at the San Francisco uh, main branch of the public library. But today is the last day of March, and here we are on the Common Thread Collective, and I see Diamond Dave right next to me. Wow, and it still is. It is. And it still is. Women's History Month for sure. And I do believe that every month is Women's Month and Women's History Month. History, read the books. History, the women's movement of the 70s saying, hey, we got a history too, her story. And then even more today. And of course, what we do on this show is hipstery. Hipstery is the connections they making the connections, they're opening the door, and so what's happening, and what's happening, how it's happening. In fact, today, look today, first we have our, uh, that member of the collective, Richard. Today is the day after his birthday, or it might be, is that right? Today is Richard Sanderell's birthday. Richard's birthday, and I happen to be uh, up at, uh, I just happen to be, just by a twist of fate, the spirit brought me up in the hate, and... Uh, I ran into Cat and Richard. Oh, yes. And they, another good friend. So they said, they said, Diamond Dave, are you coming to uh, the sacred grounds? And not only is for Richard, but also D. Allen's 
back. She's going to be doing some poetry there. I yeah, and that's that's so really well. exciting because I I hey, totally brother. missed the show. I had it on my uh, calendar to do it, and then just didn't look at my calendar until it was too late. But I'm but who's I'm, right here now? It's really exciting that D. Allen's here today. Who happens to be here, D. Allen? Hey, D. Allen. A powerful voice in our modern world. Hey, D. Allen. So good to see you, brother. <laughs> Say and the word. Said, here he comes through the door. <laughs> hey, D. Allen. You're going to be coming on in a while. Uh, but we're now live. And we. Uh, not only that, I said, hey, Ashbury, sacred grounds. None other than uh, the long-lasting rainbow is here. Oh, Rainbow. And this is the first time I've ever seen him outside of the Haight-Ashbury neighborhood. Yeah. You know what? The first time he showed up here, I was uh, my jaw dropped because I know, Rainbow, you're, you're Haight-Ashbury uh, local. And oh, so sure. the fact that you come out here to the Mission District and make the, make the trek, uh, whatever you get here, I don't know. Maybe you take some sort of magic pony. Uh, I have no idea. But I'm glad whenever we see you uh, to come and join us and, and share your, your music in your presence. I don't know about a light switch, but you'll be out there. We'll find one. Right now, we don't necessarily need one. Do we? Well, anyway, so he's going to open up, but, but uh, there we are. Put a little light on the subject. Hey, brother. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome back, Rainbow. And welcome to April. You guys are in for quite a treat. Welcome to April. <laughs> and so, Dee. And thanks for having me, folks. Well, of course, of course. It it's, it's, uh, runs with the, runs with the, what's, what's the line? My back is ouch, ouch, ouch. So, I, uh, folks, I have to let you know. I'm not quite myself. But Dee, you're sitting next to me. Rainbow is there with his guitar. But Dee, you're going to be, be coming on soon. We'll be having you. Uh, soon, in the sense that you're a guest having you sent. But why don't you give us a few words, give us a short one, and then Rainbow will be ready. It looks like he's ready, and he's got not only a guitar, he's not only got a song, but a poem and another song. Give us something, D. All right. I happen to have... I happen to have... my own third... my own third book with me. Oh, cool. This is it. Oh, that's this is beautiful. It. Oh, my goodness. Stormwater. Stormwater. Poems. What a picture. 2012 to 2016. Mm. And that picture was actually taken while the survivors of Hurricane Katrina were trying to rescue each other via boats. And this is Four Brothers. My Afro Brothers. And they're, bringing along, they're pulling along a boatload. And they're really, they're really making the best it has, of it. It has women and children aboard. And the women and children are aboard, and one guy looks like so that we got it. And the t-shirts are amazing. It's just an amazing picture. Stormwater, can you get that at City Lights? Uh, no, it's not available in any stores yet. yet. I would love to be able to get this out in local libraries in the Bay Area and at bookstores. Well, let's say have you do let's take a walk down. Maybe we can do that together tomorrow. My back is hurting too. I just keep saying that. That's another thing I say. We're gonna walk down and you're with me if you're with me. It whatever you can do by yourself. But I believe if you're with me at both Alley Cat and Adobe, we can uh, we can get some business done. We can get them done. Uh, right. Don't you think about don't you think about? 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. Adobe and Alley Cat. I love walking just past those windows because they do feature a lot of local writers and uh, they have a lot of events that happen. And uh, yeah, for sure. And tonight there's a whole... Uh, they should, they should want D. No, Allen's right. book. And then you're going to do more later. Because <laughs> we got... He's ready. Right. And what I say is... And let's see if we get this in the window at uh, Alley Cat. That would be, that's a project. Um, Maybe tomorrow. Stormwater is on sale at my webpage, and it's also available at Amazon. It's the first of my books to be available on Amazon. Okay, well, just give it a pump down. We did all of, the, all of that because I see we're uh, we a little music, and we're getting uh, our brother started. I'm talking about Rainbow. Give us a poem, bro. The first poem. The first poem is the title poem from Stormwater which is entitled Stormwater. Tropical storms have come and gone, passed over Nola as quick as an eyes blink. Katrina, however, was different. When Katrina arrived from farther south, she did so in a rage. Up from the Caribbean, along the Gulf Coast, she barreled into Mississippi and Louisiana with sheer fury hit Nola's shoreline right where it hurt, a protective barrier that kept Mississippi River and Lake Pontchartrain at bay, powerful winds, incessant rain, rising waves won that day, weakened, splintered wood floated away when the levees broke. The bayou came to the Big Easy with one angry thrust of storm water. The rich saw it coming, they evacuated first, the poor were forsaken, contented with the worst. Everything that stood, uprooted, submerged, once the levees broke. Carried out on passing waves, the unfortunate dead. Survivors headed for higher, drier ground. Freeway overpasses, bridges, superdomes, schools, attics, rooftops must avoid the rising pool. The military, Red Cross, gave no aid, so cruel after the levees broke. When the government were slow to help, citizens helped themselves. They braved the waters Katrina brought with her. Rescues by boat, desperate people in pursuit of food and drink, local stores they loot. Inner city armed madhouse, black water poised to shoot after the levees broke. In the birthplace of Zydeco, jazz and blues, Survivors strive to recover amidst water damage. Houses in the wards had collapsed, most torn. After Katrina left, Rita was born. After her, another storm took a different form after the levees broke. What two angry sisters started, cranes finished. Destructive feasts, thick iron teeth chewed up the bricks. Local State officials meet, plan for the new way, locked out of the meeting at former homes, residents rise in dismay. Police stun guns, tear gas, gave the final say after the levees broke. A decade had passed, old Crescent City looks new, having been thoroughly washed in Russian storm water, cleansed of blackness, now there's false unity, having all the soul of a gated community. Mo Rich play and stay here. Not the same Nola to me since the levees broke. 
was ten years ago, a decade. Well, you know, we came down. I was down there just after just after Katrina. The, the word came out to the Rainbow family that help us needed. Uh, there's no way around it. So we rolled down there from the East Coast, West Coast, and our buses, they call them hippie buses, but buses are set up to feed a lot of people off the grid. Rainbow family, rainbow gathering. So we showed up there and they were letting people out, but they weren't letting people in. And a preacher came up to us and said, hey, we need some help. Could you come to Waveland, Mississippi? We need his help right there. So we rolled on down to Waveland, just down the road a piece, set up in this old, by old, uh, set up in a, uh, what had been a, uh, what had been a shopping center, totally ruined. We set up and began feeding the people with our nightly meetings. Mm. The food came in, Organic Valley sponsored us even there. And, this, and people came to lend a hand. So many, Felipe and I, that soon the people could take off, they were letting people in. That was, so we set up, that was called the Waveland, New Waveland Cafe. That was our free kitchen there in Waveland. So we could roll, then enough people was there so we could roll into, into New Orleans. And we set up and they gave us, or they said you could, since you're here, in Washington Square, just off Old Frenchman Street. We're the Welcome Home Cafe. Do you hear about it? Feeding the people, Rainbow Family. And so that was like a few weeks after. There I was, spent mm. a few months there, right off Old Frenchman Street, but feeding the people. Like Food, food Not Bombs joined us too, both sides. So we could get in a loop and have some soup. No time to frown and it's time to chow down. We were the new Welcome Home Cafe because we want people coming back. Come on back, folks. The whole neighborhoods were deserted. I went to the ninth. The lower ninth was when it really happened, when the levees broke. And, uh, and uh, people come through to lend a hand. We, get, we got a house in the lower ninth and began feeding the people there too. So that began happening, not the government, but the people coming through, the people from the counterculture, the people themselves had been through stuff, were the ones who fed the people in Nola, uh, in Nola uh, way back then, a decade ago. Words from a man who was there. I was fucking there. I was there for some months, as long as I was needed. You remember when I left? I used to call in, didn't I? Uh, that was before I was uh, the DJ for okay. the show here. But oh, it was. That's right. It's 10 years ago. My God. It's 12 years ago, right? It was 12. 2005 was Hurricane that's Katrina, right. I believe. Yeah, but we haven't been, we've, I've been doing it for a long, long time. You have been doing so that have long. So have you. But that was before. Not that long. But I'd get, to, but I'd, I'd, I'd get a phone. Yeah. I remember. Who was uh, here? I, I get a phone. It might have been Pam. I, I think it was might before Pam. It might have been before Pam. I think it was before. But anyway, Naomi. It, it might have been Naomi. It was Naomi. It was Naomi. Hey, sweet Naomi. So special. So smart. So intelligent. So special. It was Naomi. Am I right? Absolutely. She was She's there, still Naomi. looking out for Mutiny well, Radio. I love to see you. She did as long as she could until she got too pregnant. <laughs> Naomi. Now her kid is, my goodness. But anyway, it was Naomi, and I'd, I'd, I'd pass the phone around to the people who were really involved there at the Welcome Home Kitchen in Washington Square, right off Old Frenchman Street. Mm. But hey, brother, we're going to be to be continued with the poetry. But right here we have to open with some music as we should, and a poem of his own, and then another song. I'm talking about Hey Rainbow!
Hey, thank you so much, guys. It's great to be here, man. Well, yeah, thanks, all right. It's a little no. radical to have D. Allen on. That's for sure. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's going to be a thing. People man. are coming through, but too. Anyway, uh, I was wondering if I could start off with a fresh new poem. Yeah. It's yeah, sure. I just I just want to make sure Rainbow that your your microphone is on. Will you uh is it, I have no idea. <laughs> you want to see if there's a little switch on your on the other one? The one right in front of you? Now the other the one Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, cuz I I can hear you but I it's kind of like a like an echo chamber like you're not coming right through. Richard, you want to go up there? Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for helping out. This is what the Common Thread Collective is all about. We're just, uh, you know, trying to help one another and do what we can and uh, let everybody kind of lend a hand and see what we can uh, see what we can piece together. And it's usually something pretty special. Thank you so much, Oh, that's nice. Thank you. I hear you now. Okay. How's this sound? Great. Okay. So, um... This is it. Let me know when you're ready. We are ready for you. Humbled existence. I stood humbled in this cathedral of light, colors so bright and beautiful, and always all I've ever wanted was my chance to make it right. Once, so long, or did I only dream? Then how I only knew it was never what it seemed. What was I? Who was I? I really wanted to know. And so seed was planted in the garden of my heart. I nurtured this flower of love within just to see how it would grow. Who else could I be but what I already was, with life itself my only cause? And with no wife in sight, who did I love but life itself? I never really thought of myself. I only wanted what was right. And so I put my ego back upon the shelf was when I found myself for many moons now I realized this body was out on loan. Alas, it was never meant as anything to own. Then I saw beyond the skin, God was reaching in. Innocence knows not of sin, and God was reaching in. Wow. <laughs> thank, thank you so much. Thank you. I, uh, thank you. Oh, uh, here it goes. This is a protest protest song, by the way. Is that better? Is it? Yeah. Oh, thank Let's you. Let's see. Let's question. give it. Anyway, this is a protest song against violence. You know you better look right over your shoulder. Cause I saw the grim reaper 
Yeah. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, no time. Thank you so much. Everybody. Thank you. Shows some appreciation of our brother. Oh, yeah. He likes, he's got to do another. Oh, okay. Oh, that, that was, that was great. Hold on. I just want to repeat that line here as you said a couple of times. There's no time to make amends when your life is almost spent. That's something I realized that 79 years old, brothers and sisters, how I say learn to love, love to learn, this never ends. But I also realized there are no time to make amends when your life is almost spent. Wowzy. That's something to think about, something to act about. Hey, Rainbow, give us another song, will you, brother? Yeah, coming right up. Thanks for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. man came along and ran the Indians off the land and then he slaughtered the buffalo took a long time ago Yes, we started at Buffalo Such a long time ago Now these greedy corporations Look at the hole in the ground Where they're tearing the red wood down Oh, look at the hole in the ground Where they're tearing the red woods down Point a finger at you. 
when you gave it all that it was worth Just to try to save the earth Yeah, you gave it all that it was worth Just to try to save the earth Nothing more to say And the world goes down the drain When there's nothing more to be said And the earth becomes a grave Nothing more to be said When the earth becomes a grave We'd better Start and turn on down You know yourself Start turning the redwood down You know they better Start turning the redwood down Start Love you guys. Oh, you guys Raymond. so good. We love you, brother. Hey, uh, we love you, brother. Stop hey, tearing Rainbow. the redwoods down. Thank so you, far, Rainbow. You're all the only uh, musical guest here. I'd like you to stay around for a while, will you? I'll tell you, I'd like you to stay around for a while because I think we may probably need you. Him, need you. We'll give him a little set break. Stick around. Set break. You want me to put a little music on while we figure out the next step here, well, Dave? Well, coming in, but put a little music on. All right. We're going to introduce...
All right. That was some music from our friend Fat Opie. <laughs> he was in here a few years back, um, but uh, with he's got a real talented band. And uh, yeah, that was that was fun to like dip into into that. That's off of his album called Victoryville. Victoryville. So, yeah. Well, we need Victoryville. Just what's needed. Just to hear. We're going to hear. And then let's think of some other things. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. Now, Allison. Hi, Dave. Hi, uh, Val. Allison. Hi, Allison. The library Allison. lady. Up to the mic. Now, once again, it's that day. April Fool's Day. We're talking about fools in the classic sense of highly intelligent people who don't fit in with their scheme. They call us fools. They call us fools. And April Fool's Day... People are going to be gathering. I'm talking about MAP, the Mission Arts and Performance Project. And Allison's going to be having a special event. And she's been going to the meeting. So, Allison, it's on you. Tell us a bit about it. Tell us a bunch about it. Tell us as much you'd like about it. All right. Well, Super MAP, Mission Arts and Performance Project. You can check it out at mapsf.com. Um, tomorrow is the first Saturday of April. The next one will be the first Saturday in June, every two months, starting in February. Um, there's a theme tomorrow, the call to action. Mm. Much needed, a much action. needed. The very, for the very, the earth is saying, calling us to action. We're being called to action in so many different ways, and we better get going. Tell us more. We are getting going. We're already, we had the Mother's March, and they kicked it off, and it's still going on. Go ahead, Allison. Well, the call to action, we all have our individual Women's plans March. about resisting, acting up, acting against, or um, improving whatever situation we see in front of us because of the weird legislation and executive orders coming out of Washington daily, sometimes hourly. Hourly. Luckily, some of it's still been blocked, like the immigration um, restrictions. But many things have gone into place already, including cutting funding to the arts, to schools, to libraries, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. Um, bastions of free thought, um, National Endowment of the Arts, um, National Public Radio, et cetera, et cetera. So the call to action is a call for everyone to come together. MAP has been doing that for many years. This is uh, the 11th or 12th year. Wow. Um, over 10 venues. It all started with Pathos on Harrison, David Coburn's house, and Red Poppy. It has spread to Secret Garden, Adobe Books, Mission Cultural Center. Presida Eyes is now on 24th Street. Artillery, a, a really nice art space on Mission, not far from BART. It is. Uh, a, a couple of venues that I've never visited La Peña Toribio or yeah. La Peña Toribio Where's that? and um, Pacific Felt Factory I'll oh. have to look them up Pacific Felt Factory is a, series, a building with seconds. galleries I think on Florida 20th and Florida it is and I'm not sure um, we can find all that but go ahead Pacific Felt that spike 
That's right. And Spike, who's done a lot of work in helping us uh, underground warehouses become uh, become uh, become legal, we're, we're all working on that. And Pacific Felt has become totally legalized. Pacific Felt. And an so artist good. named Christo came from Pacific Felt Factory to talk to us about his piano and um, open studios is also tomorrow. Oh, so people right. can look that up as well. Um, what we're doing at the library Tell is um, music and poetry, three to five. Um, we just call it our International Poetry Month Sidewalk Poetry and Music Festival. <laughs> Just that. Just that. Just a wide net. That's lovely. And um, we've got a variety of people showing up, including several great people I've met here. Dave's going to try and come by. David Kubrin, Richard Sandrill, E.K., and Mona Lisa. Yeah, oh, wonderful. I think we could find a niche for... A niche for Rainbow as well. He'd really like We're going to try and see if we can squeeze in more music. We've got um, Alzara and Brother Spellbinder, who wow. recently played at Mission Community Market. Nice. Shout out to Mission Market, yeah, by the way. Thursdays. Thursdays, Thursdays 4 to 8 um, wow. through November. And where does that happen? That happens on 22nd Street between uh, Mission and Valencia, mostly on Bartlett with brand new paneling, um, new setup, nice big stage, great sound. Mama Mia and Windsong played there last week. Oh, nice. It's really great. I like to go to, the, of course, my cafe, the Revolution Cafe, the Sidewalk Cafe, and the stage is right there. And you can participate and be part of it. Oh, here comes. Is that E.K.? It is. That's E.K. Speaking of E.K., Keith, there she is. I'll just run through a couple more vital venues from MAP, and then I'll wrap it up. Community Music Center, Acción Latina, has um, grown into doing MAP almost every session uh, with El Tec. They house El Tecalote. Um, Pathos, of course. Presida Eyes is where you can pick up the map listings that's important and, yeah um, mission library everybody's at 24th and bartlett right near bart um if you have questions about it call me tomorrow morning after 10 355-2800 and um again go to the website or the facebook to get all the information about map mission arts and performance project mapsf.com Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Oh, the library lady. What would we do without you? <laughs> Thank you for coming in and telling us about MAP and all the good vital information that people should know about it. Uh, and happy April 1st, Wendy. Oh, my I know. Tomorrow is April 1st. We'll be kicking off National Poetry Month. National Jazz Month is April as well. So jazz and poetry coming together. I know at the Word Party, which happens every third Tuesday, down at Piano Fight in the Tenderloin. It's on Taylor Street. Uh, a very cool uh, new uh, home for the Word Party, poetry and jazz. I know E.K. Keith is going to be featuring at that Word Party because it's National Poetry Month, and oh, she's really? going to... Oh, that's oh, wonderful. It is amazing. Yeah. And you're right about jazz and poetry together. That would explain why I've been seeing lots of ads for poetry at SF Jazz Center. Yeah, you know what? And I'm glad you brought that up because um, the hosts 
of the word party, Jennifer Barone, poetess Jennifer Barone, and her husband, Daniel Hefez, who is a, 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 a brilliant jazz musician um, oh, with, with his uh, band Nova Jazz. Um, the, uh, Jennifer, and, Jennifer Barone and Daniel Hefez are going to be playing at the SF Jazz Center on Friday, April 7th. Billy Holiday's birthday. Oh my gosh, yeah, we have to tell Jennifer Barone that because she'll just be thrilled. Um, <laughs> that's why we need li- more librarians in the world to like be a, a human reference point. You know, you remember things. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Jenny Lim, who is the uh, poet laureate of SF Jazz, um, is putting together that the kind of that series over that weekend, April 7th, 8th and 9th, I believe. Um, That's wonderful. One of my big inspirations of starting in college was Allen Ginsberg. Oh yeah. Always with the drums, the conga, or sometimes with a tambourine, just giving beat to the poetry in a way that um, inspired a lot of people. And I recently heard on the radio, people can probably look it up on YouTube, Jack Kerouac, Jack Kerouac. reading poetry with Steve Allen, who was an, was an incredible jazz pianist, the TV host, Steve Allen, jazz piano with Jack Kerouac reading a poem. I've seen I, that. I've, I've seen, seen that. I and sat, I was totally there. And the, I was on the planet then. <laughs> and I'd always let it watch Steve Allen because he's a highly intelligent person. Yeah. Always with interesting stuff. He's the one where I saw the first hippie. They call, I think it was Mr. Natural or the Organic Mr. Something. He was a guy in L.A. who never wore shoes. And he had a beard like that. Long before you saw full-bearded, full-bearded, what was it? Full-bearded, shoeless people. He was the one. And still, Steve. Long-haired, leaping gnome. I wasn't leaping gnome. But anyway, uh, it wasn't quite Mr. Natural, but something very close. That was very historic. I, I have read about that and seen clips. And it's part of television history also what Dave was mentioning. But this clip, I had never seen it before. Wow, so beautiful. My alarm went off one morning, um, sometime in winter, and suddenly Jack Kerouac was reading. And I thought, (laughs) okay, that must be KPFA. (laughs) And then the piano. And then later on, the host announced that it was indeed Steve Allen on piano. So... Totally, not just part of TV history, but part of poetic history. Even here in the Bay Area, he was, he and Allen Ginsberg and Lawrence Ferlinghetti, who also recently had his 98th birthday last Friday. Happy birthday, Lawrence Ferlinghetti, founder of City Lights Bookstore, uh, a representative of the writers in San Francisco for... Over half a century, since late 50s. Coney Island of the Mind. We find where God, we like to oh, yeah. I wonder if you can find and, a poem of his. And you know what? Come he on. also, his, his last book that he wrote is called A Time of Useful Consciousness, which is an incredible tome. It's not very long, but it's um, just the way that. Uh, Pick it up, Lawrence Ferlinghetti. Well, uh, a, a useful, uh, mm-hmm. the time, a time, the time of useful consciousness. That would be today. It is today. I think he takes the title from. I think it's a, a military term, 
where it's for the Air Force. So like with the planes going down or something, it's like a time of useful consciousness. Because he actually was, he actually saw the aftermath of the atomic bombs in Japan. He was in. He was in the U.S. military. I think he was in the Navy. I, I, I could be wrong about that. Which branch he was in? I think he was in the Navy. And and the, so they went to Japan after the bomb had dropped at the two, you know, Nagasaki and Hiroshima. And uh, he saw what just. I mean, utter inhumane devastation. devastation that that you could imagine a complete wasteland and it changed his entire life and uh you know he showed up in the, on the shores of san francisco on a on a boat and uh you know in the 1950s 55 something like that when san francisco was you know still not so populated and it was you know, know blossoming beautiful uh little city by the bay and um he just really made himself a, an integral part of it so um, happy birthday, Lawrence Ferlinghetti. I'll try to I'll try to find some something from him, but we'll we'll get to that. Coney Island of the Mind. Yeah. So. Thanks, Yeah. So good. And speak. We'll be there on Sunday. Well, I'll be there on Sunday. I mean Saturday. Saturday for Map. Yeah. And Map. Yeah. We'll kick it off. That's that's less than 24 hours from now. Our poetry will start at 3.30. 3.30, and that's at the Mission Branch Library, hopefully outside if it's a nice day, 3 to 5 p.m. on Saturday as part of MAP, Mission Arts and Performance Project. And uh, check out MAP, M-A-P-P-S-F, dot com, or go by Prestita Eyes on 24th Street. Um, I believe it's right around Alabama. It might be between Alabama and Florida, actually, on 24th Street on the south side of the street and pick up an actual paper map so you can see where all the different locations of the performances are and the schedule, etc. Um, along the lines of jazz poetry, um, our, our, our good friend uh, James Ellis is going to be performing jazz poetry the, on April 29th at the California Jazz Conservatory. Um, which used to be called the Berkeley Jazz, the Berkeley Jazz School, that's over there in the Berkeley's uh, Theater District. So there's going to be some jazz poetry going on uh, at the end of April as well, uh, April 29th. Well, 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 yes, Dave. What do we, we have uh, much to do? So much to do. I mean, we're the one, the voice of all of this in a sense, a voice, but to weave together the tapestry that uh, now summer is here, summer's almost here. Yep. And, uh, and there's going to be more to weave together of weaving the tapestry of life and putting out there on Mutiny Radio on the Common Thread Captive, finding that co- the common threads, wowsy, 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 and have, bringing them here and doing it here, whatever we can do to weave that tapestry of life here in San Francisco and send it around the planet. Is that right? It certainly is. So... Uh, Let's play. Uh, yeah, I'll put on some music. But I also want to, while we're speaking, of, while we're ever, while we're speaking of Mutiny Radio, <laughs> just let everybody know about an event that's happening here at Mutiny Radio next Saturday, April eighth, uh, from eight to ten p.m. Uh, we've got our friends, the Wyatt Act, coming through. That's Guinevere Q. No big fucking deal. And uh, our friend Breakfast, who is an amazing musical virtuoso, um, and. Uh, uh, 
the drummer's uh, DJ son. And the three of them are going to be here, not only as the Wyatt Act performing their own songs, but it's going to be an integrated show um, with, with certain uh, different comedians who are also come and be are part of the station. So it sounds a little convoluted, but basically here's what the situation is. There's going to be different topics that are going to be dropped into a hat. Uh, a topic will be pulled. Two names of two comics will be pulled. The comedians will debate that topic. And then the Wyatt Act will write a song about it. So it's musical improv. It's comedic improv. It's right here at Mutiny Radio. That's Saturday, April 8th, 8 to 10 p.m. Small donation at the door. Um, and come on down and experience the fun. If you have not seen the Wyatt Act, if you haven't heard of the Wy- the Wyatt Act, it's something you should experience. Um, so that's going to be next Saturday right here at Mutiny Radio, 2781 21st Street, right here at the corner of 21st in Florida. You're like, where's Florida Street? Just walk up Harrison, go to 21st, hook a left or go north and, and you'll find Florida just a few short blocks away. Or, um, rather, 21st Street, rather. <laughs> yeah, Dave. Well, Dave. can we do something to invite uh, Riot Act to come on Friday here? It would be good to have them, and they can make some explanation and show us what they do. And I remember when they came through the last time, and I've known Jennifer for 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 an eon or two. Oh, Guinevere? Guinevere, for an eon or two. Oh, yeah. So let's try to bring them down on a Friday. Let's see if they're willing or, to, or, or free to do that, and if they want to come and do a little preview, that'd be awesome. So we'll, we'll see. And again, we'll yeah, see. Well, I think they know. They know what we do. They've been down. You remember when they came down here? They very early. They know what we do. Very early in the days of the uh, the Wyatt Act. Yeah. She had been an individual spoken <laughs> word person, as I knew. That's her first. right. The biggest mouth in the West. Point of your cue. So self-proclaimed and very beautiful, <laughs> and highly intelligent, and why not? Oh, and, and breakfast. Uh, on we love 1st, breakfast. On April first, they're going to have downtown. They have Saint Stupid's Day. Oh yeah. Uh, but up here. We're, what, what would you call a Saint Intelligent Persons Day at that? Saint Highly Intelligent Persons Day will be up here while they can have their Saint Stupid Day. I like to call it Ain't No Fools Day. Ain't No Fools Day. That's very highly intelligent. We ain't no fools. Uh, but uh, between you and me, we know some highly intelligent people who will be here, will certainly be here as part of MAP. Oh, yeah. Starting at 3 o'clock Sunday. Saturday. And then also, we're waiting Saturday. for they show up or not. And also... Hmm. Our, our house band, if you will, we say humorously, I'm talking about Creole, Creole Cambio, they're going to be curating. They're going to be playing and curating something. With a lot of, that means bringing a lot of friends and special people uh, at, the, at the Secret Garden uh, starting at 6 o'clock tomorrow. Right, as part of MAP. Yeah, the Secret Garden is also map. on Harrison. So what I'm going to try to do if I don't collapse, ouch, 24th. ouch, ouch. But I'm going to try to work on the plan in advance is to go at 3 o'clock to go to the library and then take a rest of some grassy area and then show up at... Uh, and then go to the uh, Secret Garden, of course. And then uh, uh, that's what I... Definitely I'll do that and see what I can t- if I can take any more, I will. If my physical vehicle will take any more, I will. But I'm definitely down for it. And how about you, Val? Well, I'm going to be heading out of town, so I'm, I'm unfortunately going to be uh, missing MAP this month and uh, taking a little family road trip. So. Oh, well, beautiful. Well, I'm going to be here for sure, so look for a DD, that's Diamond Dave, and if you got anything you'd like to do, just say, hey, Diamond Dave, I hear you got a show. I'd like to be on it. And I say, guys, 
Come on through. That's right. You're you're listening to the Common Thread Collective here at MutinyRadio.fm every Friday from three to six p.m. We round up, round it off around a quarter to six, but wrapping it up that is. Um, so please, if you've got something to play, some music, you got something to say, some poetry, some words, some some activism, something from uh, your your concern about the community, uh, specific or global, uh, come on down and join us. The door is open, and we're happy to have you come through and uh yeah you're listening to mutiny radio.fm it is the last day of march here's a little more music from fat opie i'll fix a flat spares in back and i'm thinking that you don't want to be gay in texas Say for me, there's no. 
Welcome back to the Common Thread Collective here at MutinyRadio.fm. I'm Global sitting here with Diamond Dave and our friend, poet D. Allen. D. Allen. Welcome back, D. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, you're always welcome. I've been flipping through your new book of poems called Stormwater, poems from 2012 to 2016. It's a really, co- it's a really beautiful book. I like the, I like the size and the feel of it. Where'd you get this picture from? For, uh... um, I actually found this picture through an internet archive, which had a whole bunch of pictures from that were taken after Hurricane Katrina hit New Orleans. Mississippi and the Gulf Coast. The inspiration for Stormwater actually came from a creative nonfiction book from 2009-2010 called Zaytoon wow. by Name Dave it. Eggers. And it's the true story of a it's the true story of a Syrian migrant carpenter who has his own home improvement business in New Orleans. Wow. The name of the man is Amal Rahman Zaytoun. Mm. And he was there when Hurricane Katrina hit. He basically stayed behind to watch his business while his wife and his three kids went to Arizona to visit family. He didn't want his wife and kids to be there when the storm hit, so he sent them away. And I'm looking at the cover, and the cover is uh, of this man, uh, of this dude you were mentioning, in a in a in a boat or a canoe, a rope, a canoe in the in the, in the street now flooded. Is that right? That's right. He took he took this he took a boat that he had, and he basically went from house to house and rescued his neighbors and his neighbor's pets. Mm. Wow, now he has added. Then I look at Stormwater and here's four brothers, four brothers and their kids and they're walking through in a boat. So the connection is obvious and wonderful. Hey, uh, So basically Zaytoon inspired Stormwater, the wow. poem and the book. Well, uh, hey, well, look. Why don't you take about 10 minutes, maybe 15, and read, if that's, if that's the way we should roll, and just read what you'd like to read. Okay. I happen to, since, um, since Women's Month is almost coming to an end, I'm going to do maybe a couple more pieces more along those lines. Beautiful. Very cool. The, 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 the Women's March, that really kind of kicked it off, you're right, and let the beat go on. Um, This one was actually inspired by a piece of artwork I saw in a coffee shop wall in Sacramento back in 2012. This one is called The Forbidden Act. An oil painting on a coffee shop wall in Sacramento told a compelling story, albeit innocent on the surface. Georgia. 1837, after a long day's work cleaning the landowner's mansion and waiting on his privileged family hand and foot, two black slave women returned to their cabin at sundown, lit some candles, and engaged in an act illegal in all southern states. Mm. One slave woman of braided hair reached for 
hard-covered book she smuggled from the mansion one day. The other slave woman with glasses and snow-white head shawl sat in a rocking chair, ready for her lesson. One slave woman led the tutorial. The other slave woman was led through two open book pages, lush garden paths of new words, new phrases, sentences, paragraphs that would throw the landowner, the overseer, and their way of life off balance if they were ever repeated aloud. New words, new phrases, sentences, paragraphs, signs of life outside the plantation. And the more the slave woman's, seated slave woman's eyes scanned the open book pages before her, the more those tight metal shackles began to unlock within her mind. And suddenly she was finally free. If only her work-worn body would follow. By flickering candlelight, two black slave women plotted their quiet escape from bondage, lifelong darkness, through the most forbidden act of reading. And that was called The Forbidden Act on pages 15 and 16 of Stormwater. This poem was inspired by the painting Learn Me to Read by Long Beach-based Pope, Long Beach-based painter and ex-Black Panther, Akinsanya Kambon. Wow, that's, uh, <laughs> you know, it's just so crazy when you think about how just knowledge or education or access to education is just so, uh, it, yeah, can, be, the, it can be held over so many people and, and people can be denied that. I know, and back in those days, it was forbidden for slaves to even be taught to read or to be caught with a book. And, this, and these, there were laws all across the southern states, all enacted in each one after 1831, after Nat Turner's rebellion. And this, yeah, this started out when Reverend Nat Turner learned how to read just by reading the Bible. <laughs> so they decided to deny slaves the ability to read, kept all books away from them because of that so I saw a story in that when I saw this painting on a Sacramento coffee shop wall at Kinsanya Kambon had all of his paintings but that one learned me to read spoke to me the most and I knew there was a story within that and I knew this is what the slave masters have forced my ancestors to do right behind their backs they taught each other how to read. Mm. And I'm glad it happened. Powerful. And the last piece I'm going to do before I give the mic to someone else in, in salute to Women's Month. This one is dedicated to Bree Newsom, an activist from South Carolina. This one is called Rebel X. You have your ex and I'll wear mine, exclaimed a controversial t-shirt back in the Clinton years, a short open letter addressed to the Nubian race. Showcased a battle flag, the other red, white, and blue, flown in field skirmishes of an ancient war between split American states. 
the last Rhodesian in South Carolina, had his ex. Pledged allegiance to it lovingly before he opened fire on nine black people in a Charleston chapel. The spirit of Dynamite Bob worked through him that Sunday morning. Signifying secondhand separation and hate passed off as honor and heritage. Popular amongst Southern metalheads and gun freaks and the Ku Klux Klan, the Rebel X. The Courage Award shouldn't go to an athlete, but a woman who with both hands scaled up a courthouse flagpole and removed from the top the region's historic shame, emblem of oppression, keepsake of a lost cause, banner of racism, reminder of slavery. Her action indeed took courage in a state whose whiter populace would have seen its blacker half back in chains. General Lee Seal, the Stars and Bars, the Southern Cross, the Rebel X. And that was called Rebel X from pages 34 and 35 of Stormwater. Indeed, so this um, this recent book, this is your third book, right? That's right. And Poor Press has, uh, has put it out again. Same uh, publisher as the first two. What makes this book different from the others is it has several different firsts attached to it. It's the first book that I have that has a full color cover front and back. It's the first one I ever had with a barcode on the back of it. The first one to be carried by Amazon. The first book in Poor Press's own history to have that odd magazine size. Well, Dee, you certainly um, pioneer with your poetry and your presence as well. really powerful as always i'm so glad you showed up it's a real treat whenever you do thank you and thank uh, you for having me absolutely absolutely and look forward to so people can get Stormwater on amazon yeah they can get Stormwater on amazon all right they can also get it through my author's web page at poor press which is www.poormag.info backslash forward slash static forward slash d forward slash index dot html right on well d you know it's always great when you when you show up uh do you have any plans to kind of take your book on a little little reading tour you're going to be hopping around to some different spots to 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 share some of this or or other things the most i'm doing right now is hitting up open mics across the bay area and trying to promote the book that way very cool and i would love to be able to get storm water into local libraries in northern california and in, and in bookstores well we will certainly support you in any way that we can and talk about it and I've, i'm happy to have a copy of your book here and so i will keep it with me and uh read from it periodically and remind people uh, that you've got your words out there and that they could uh, find them too. Hey, thank you very much. Thank you, D. Allen. Such, such a powerful, powerful force in the poetry world of poetry. 
Um, and uh, it is the eve of Poetry Month, National Poetry Month, April. And uh, we'll be we'll be throwing down a big old celebration community open mic style at City Hall on Saturday. No, it's not Saturday. Thursday, April 27th from 530 to 8 p.m. And uh, you can find out more information about that at poemdome.net. Uh, that'll be the 12th annual Poems Under the Dome. And so what you can do is you can uh, come on down. It's free. It's all ages. And um, if you'd like to share a poem, one of your own, or maybe an old favorite, something that uh, speaks to you, uh, you can put your name in the hat that night. We'll, pull, we'll be drawing names throughout the evening. And uh, if we draw your name, then you'll have the opportunity to read one poem that's that's one poem folks and preferably in under three minutes and uh i think this is a perfect segue because uh just walked in into the studio is our 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 grand organizer a volunteer uh poetess uh teacher librarian ek keith hi ek hey val that i it sounds like i have a lot of hats (laughs) <laughs> well, you can wear, you wear hats well, right? I do like hats. It's true. <laughs> I, th- I think we, we've got a lot of folks here in our, uh, yeah, many hats is kind of a theme. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I've been running around at City Hall this week and trying to make it happen. And, you know, here we go on our, our big our big thing that we do every year, Val and Dave. It's yep. going to be so fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. come sit down, Dave. I know. I'm glad that uh, EK's EK being a teacher librarian has a spring break, so you're able to kind of uh, uh, make right. make things happen. Yeah, it, it's a good time. It's also a really really good time to uh, read in the park on a sunny day in San Francisco, which is what I did today. And, Lovely. And what I did, I uh, I stopped by my little neighborhood coffee shop and there was this book of poetry for sale apparently one of my neighbors um does this anthology of poems um and it's they're called psychological poems journal of outsider poetry and i'm i got issue number four and the editor is richard m patel md and um it's it's all poems by people struggling with mental issues and illness, as well mm. as psychiatric care professionals, like including doctors and nurses and Amazing. other people, social it's, workers, and yeah, yeah. And so it's uh, I've 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 read a few of them, and I've I've picked out some. You want to hear some? Yes, some we poems? do. We do. They're not mine today, but I'll. Uh, I'll let you know. And let's try, let's swear to uh, maybe the three of us we got poems under the dome. Oh yeah, and it's maybe coming up, one of us two of us could find this anthologer, this uh, MD. Must be must be a psychiatrist or a psychologist with MD. Psychiatrist. Yep. And see if he could would be interested in coming down and bringing some of the flock with him. And there's oh interesting pictures as well. Yeah. All done you know, by. I, uh, I figure I'll try to reach out to him and let's let him that. know because we gotta, you know. We we're gonna we're gonna have a good year this year, y'all. And that's all I can feel it. It's gonna be so (laughs) special. Uh, After twelve years, and we're we're working to have a reception like we do. 
yeah, we're working on that. And a reception with music. And reception with music, I, I think that's not so difficult to bring some really, find some really good musicians who are part of the flock here and bring them in for the reception. And then we have our, uh, our procession, reception procession down the stairs. And uh, with, uh, with as we've done every year, our opening ceremony, hey, Jorge Molina, our opening ceremony. And then Promise uh, under the Dome. Come and join us. Come and be part of it. Come and happen. Okay, take a place. Uh, enlighten us with some of these poems of all years. All right, you so. You so, this is from issue four of Journal of Outsider Poetry Psychological Poems. And the poet is named Rico Freddy Genesi. Upon the reason I am alive. Possibilities are infinity. You are bound to the galaxy, born unto an existence beautiful. So-so in your eyes, ain't it? Skies burn, worlds turn, crash rise goes the oceans. I yawn and yearn and leer and learn, practicing my regressing to heaven. Who am I? Who am I? Born in mud, adorned, live and shine, shooting at stars, leaving only trails of forgotten blood behind. Life is hard, then we die, but I refuse the way I see it. Dreams are like a sacred bond heaven provides. Moments like this are deep, existence breathes, and I survive. It is like looking in this moment in your eyes up to heavens. I've finally stumbled upon the reason I am alive for you and I. Wow. Pretty intense. Yes. Yeah. yeah, but like, you know, for someone to be kind of lost and then come around to realize that we're just all part of this bigger picture is uh, a kind of drops the ego at the end there a bit. Okay. Here's uh, the poet is named Joe Mo. Thoughts are skull houses for the invisible. Bikinis, pizzas, trapezoid, pube tattoos, hot peppers, needles, nurses, food, and tubes. I am this. The lightheadedness is something else. Demons, what you want is pearls of insight. Fireworks, ahs, ohs, places, empty desires, tricked away from time, fading, I faded. I never was. Torn paper handed to me by a nurse after the patient, a depressed male in his early 20s, brought in after an overdose and left the emergency department unexpectedly. Pretty amazing, right? And I got one, I've got one more for y'all. Seems like Dave's Dave's got somebody calling in, huh? Yeah, but that's okay. We'll we'll we'll, we'll put uh, we'll we'll put him on the, on hold for a moment and uh, right on. All right, cool. So, um, the the last one I'm going to read out of Psychological Poems Journal of Outsider Poetry. Uh, the poet's name is Anna Fields. The least dangerous cross street is Carlton and Ellsworth. You don't even look at your phone when you're typing anymore. 
you had a rough session today. I can tell because you walked straight into traffic. Mm. And why do I always talk to myself in my poems? You don't look at your phone, meaning I don't look at my phone. You had a rough session, meaning I had a rough session. Walking into traffic, meaning cross the street without looking both ways. Feet thumping against the ground, meaning I'm still walking. Three blocks past where I parked my car and I don't think I can stop. Eyes flickering, meaning I make eyes contact with people and don't smile because I don't realize I've seen them until three steps afterwards repeating the number three meaning there are three sides of me and my therapist told me that one part of me hates myself and one part of me hates what I do to myself because I hate myself and one part of me cannot handle all the pain and sadness so that part floats above me like a genie and that part makes me feel high, meaning I probably won't remember writing this. And if I had sex with you within the past two weeks, I probably don't remember it. And I've ruined two pairs of shoes walking into puddles because I can't see the ground and I keep walking even though I don't know this part of town and the sidewalks are littered with scary looking men. It's psychedelic walking by the used car lock and seeing the shiny metal flash interrupted by the wiry fence. Want to ram your head against the wall with me, or is that too personal? That time I was talking to you, meaning I don't care about anything anymore and it scares me. I don't relate to the tiny white walking man on the sign, so I wait on the sidewalk. I bet I could run three miles and not even realize I'm tired at all. I didn't even smile at the man begging for change. It's just a side effect. Wow. Oh. Wow! Right? That was pretty. It's it's amazing stuff, and so this is a lot of of quality poetry here that I'm pretty pleased that I just stumbled on today. Like that's local poet Mapoco. Maybe this doctor. Yeah. uh, This doctor. This whatever it is can be can be found. And let's bring some of those folks. I'd like to hear some of the folks right here in person and look at their eyes, look at their face, and make it happen. Because outsider poetry. The outsider life is what we're all about right here at... It's true. Right here at uh, on the Common Field Collective. Is that true, E.K. said? That's true, E.K. said? Yeah. And Val, that's true. And anyway, E.K., let's say once again. Poems Under the Dome, the 12th Annual. 12th Annual is coming up. 12, 12, it seems like a mystical number of some <laughs> sort. We'll be coming up on the 27th of April. Uh, April starts tomorrow. It's right around the corner, as far as I can tell. Sure is coming fast. And we'll fast. be there, and we'll have a, yeah. another. Uh, there'll be another great poet, another great poster. Is that right? Uh, is that right, EK? You know, I I talked to to Chad Chad Xavier last night, and it's coming along. Oh, like every day, every year. Here, here it comes. Here so it comes. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it. I, he hasn't given me any clues yet. So he doesn't. No, he doesn't. He doesn't let <laughs> yeah. on at all. He really doesn't. Um, but and it's it, always an amazing thing. And well, and you know, one of my favorite things to do with with the two of you, and it's one of my favorite things to do in general, is when we go <laughs> going down the city hall, walking around, knocking on the supervisors' doors, talking to their interns and and the and the and the aides in the offices, and once in a while getting actually in to talk to one of the supervisors to let them know that we've got poems under the dome coming up this year, Thursday, the twenty seventh of April, and we bring them their poster, and it's a whole lot of fun. And what was great one time, Ek and I were there, and we were talking with the sheriffs, and Deputy Doug, yeah, said, "Oh my God, you two are from Poems Under the Dome." 
We love poems under the dome. Come over here. This is our, in the chief's uh, office here. We've got all the posters up, and it was amazing. They had us so like cool. like sign the poster. I mean, he was hilarious. <laughs> Deputy Doug, thank you because you know. I mean, if you if you imagine working at City Hall, if you're just like in the building most of the time. Granted, it's been a little more lively in the past couple of years to be at City Hall. True. Um, but, uh, you know, just kind of walking around. And then once a year, the poets descend uh, on, on, you know, on City Hall. And we have uh, the big gathering in the North Light Courtroom. And, uh, and everybody loves it. And we'll continue yes. to report every week as we get closer. Hey, Kay. Hey, Dave. Uh, oh, God, it's so good to have you here. Hey, we have Christopher... Christopher Cook from The Progressive, a writer for The Progressive. And the Nation. He's been patiently waiting on the phone for us. And The Nation. Hello. And, and whoever uh, whoever you can find, because he's definitely hey. keeping up. Hey, Christopher, it's so good to hear your voice. Yeah, likewise. Happy Friday, hopefully. Happy Friday, I say... Same to you. I say, thank yeah. God it's Freedom's Day. Freedom's Day, because this is the yeah. God's Day. <laughs> Wednesday is Odin's Day. Uh, 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 Thursday is Thor's Day with his hammer, but Friday is Freya's Day, the goddess yeah. of us all. And so there you are. And I also say, and that reminded me, I say Shabbat Shalom as well. There you go. And there Shabbat we shalom. go. Shabbat Shalom, brother. Yeah. And here we are. And we're, uh, our, our brother Gary's going to be on because he's been nailed what's going on. Yeah, and he's going to wa- come in and have a seat mm-hmm. with us to, to join the conversation. But go on, Dave. I'll, I'll get Gary some headphones so oh, he can listen in. Oh, and, um, he, and I, I would more and more I see Trump. And I more and more, the name came to me from the spirits as to who Trump is. And the word is the evil one. <laughs> the evil one. It's not a question of him doing this because he wants you know he does want to give right. uh, give uh, some special, some special interest to give more help and uh, he couldn't get the health uh, the health uh, the health thing passed that goddess or 20 million yeah. people would have been out of their health care but everything everything he does uh, he, he drags millions of dollars out of like uh, the Great Lakes and Puget Sound and so on and leaves with a pittance and that's going to yeah. cause people a lot of pain so anyway, I'm another Gary. Gary's gonna get nailed, but he. But uh, but as far as from now on, I want to say this. I'll say it again. Trump, he be the evil one. But tell us what. <laughs> well, you know, he. Uh, tell us. I was just thinking about this when you were talking. I mean, it's sort of like, um, you know, they talk about the banality of evil, and this is you know the stories that I've been working on feel a little more like the evil of the banal. <laughs> it's it's like there's so many. Uh, sort of very horrific, blatant um, things that Trump is doing. Then there are so many other things that his administration and the Ryan Congress are doing that aren't getting much attention and that seem sort of ho-hum or less awful or even kind of banal. And yet, um, you know, like the labor cuts that I've been talking about in some of my stories and and other things that have been going on um, that... You know, they're not, um, the blood is not pouring yet, <laughs> but but it will, you know, in well, terms of the effects of some of these policies that he's putting in place. But luckily, hopefully, luckily, naturally, it's happening, a, move, a, new, a movement is being born. We had, the, we had the Women's March, we went to the airport, 
But this whole mm-hmm. series of things that continue, it's called, that one's called just naturally the resistance. And it feels like and we entered the spring, it's time for what we used to call back in Vietnam. The days of Vietnam, we call it, it was time for a spring offensive. Yeah. And to bring the people in the street. And yep. I believe that's absolutely necessary, and we work absolutely. on it. So, uh, so uh, Christopher, uh, I'm going to step back. We're going to step back and uh, give us your take on it in whatever way you'd sure. like to say it. Take it away, sure. Christopher. Yeah, no, thank you. And I, I mean, you know, again, there's so much for us to be uh, paying attention to and writing about and fighting. Uh, and I think that a lot of the resistance... Um, is wonderful. I think part of the challenge is figuring out how, what do we build out of it so we're not just doing protests or calling in uh, to our reps, uh, but that it builds towards something that's more potent politically uh, in an ongoing fashion. Um, the story that I just wrote for The Nation this week uh, is called Trump's Labor Nominee Alexander Costa is More Dangerous Than You Think. And uh, Basically, I've been examining Trump's labor agenda in depth for the progressive and now the nation and writing about some things that aren't exactly making huge headlines, but that are affecting people's lives and going to affect millions of workers across America, including tons of people who voted for Trump. Um, And so in the process of doing this article for the nation, you know, finding out more about um, sort of the the banal evils (laughs) or injuries uh, that we can expect under uh, Alexander Acosta, assuming he becomes the labor secretary. Um, he's basically in the hearings before the Senate committee. He basically said that he's going to carry out his boss's agenda. And even on very, very basic uh, things that a labor secretary is supposed to do, such as protecting workers' health and safety and fighting for a stronger budget for the Labor Department to do more enforcement of labor laws or uh, protecting things like the Women's Bureau, which is a small but very vital and vocal uh, piece of the Labor Department that exclusively focuses on um, women's workplace issues. And I mean that um, in terms of issues that women have brought up about uh, women's labor in the workforce and, uh, you know, unequal pay, uh, harassment, or, um, you know, not being promoted adequately, not being given enough opportunities, um, all sorts of issues like those and others, and and women's poverty. And um, he wouldn't commit to saving this program. He mentioned the program, and he wouldn't even commit to saving the Women's Bureau. Um, he just said, well, you know, it's going to be up to my boss and up to uh, Congress. And so these are not the answers that you want to hear out of, especially a labor secretary. Um, you know, you might expect something more like this out of your, your commerce secretary under Republican, but not hopefully a labor secretary. Uh, and we have to just fight and expect for something more than this, even though we have this horrifying Trump administration, we can't, you know, one of the terms that I sort of revived in my article was the bigotry of low expectations, which is one of the few quotes that I kind of liked from George W. Bush, even if it was said in a, in a messed up context politically. But I feel like that's what we're facing right now is, is our own sort of 
version of, of this ongoing, you know, low expectations where somebody like uh, Alexander Costa gets seen as, you know, even some labor unions were endorsing Acosta as the labor secretary because he's not this, uh, you know, business magnate, you know, Andy Puzder, who was such a magnet for uh, criticism, you know, and opposition. And now we've got somebody who's got more government experience and he's not quite as blatantly awful and people are even some of the big unions are starting to say, well, he'll be all right. Um, but again, what's worth reminding is, is A, he's, he has some problems in his own record, which I talk about in my article. And then um, on top of that, he's poised to carry out his boss's agenda without much opposition of any sort. And this is an agenda that's going to make workplaces uh, profoundly unsafe and less safe around the country and... Um, not enforcing wage and hour protections for workers adequately. And, you know, so many other, you know, any right labor protection you can think of is going to be at minimum um, poorly enforced, <laughs> if not um, just wiped off the books. Hey, Christopher. Now you sound lately on the wiped off the books, what he's done with global warming, what he's done by wiping off the books. Uh, number one, or the Great Lakes, Puget Sound, yeah. places where it's absolutely necessary that yeah. continual cleanup be going on, where the, the great algae can be coming. <coughs> but, but like also to 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 focus more on the labor movement, we just passed the um, the an, an another anniversary of the Triangle Shirtwaist Fire in 1911, where um, hundreds of uh, women and girls in New York City uh, plunged out of the building to their death because there was a fire in the building because the owners of the factory had locked doors and um, because they didn't want people to leave work early um, and the, the elevator wasn't working and the owners got out of the building but um, it was just a horrible tragedy and it really yeah. sparked um, a huge uh, response of, of, of labor um, movement, labor rights, um, workers' rights. And, I, you know, workers' yeah. rights to me are human rights. You know, if, you, if you're working somewhere and it's not safe or there aren't the, the best, you know, things in place to try to keep everybody safe on the job, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's inhumane. And, you know, we've got Trump, who is a businessman, uh, who, you know, obviously is coming from that that camp of, of business interests. Where is Alex Acosta coming from? What, right. what can you tell us about him and his background uh, yeah, I mean, a little bit? I mean, in some ways, he is a lifelong sort of, you put him in the bureaucrat administrator uh, category of things. He's a lawyer. He worked, he clerked for Samuel Alito when Alito was in the federal circuit courts, uh, working his way up to the Supreme Court. And he held high-level posts in the uh, George W. Bush administration and his um, Justice Department and Civil Rights Commission, um, Civil Rights Division, rather. You know, and, and actually, in that position, he was found to be at at, at minimum um, providing a very inept, inadequate oversight of his top deputies who engaged in, uh, in totally improper federally unlawful, uh, politicized hiring of attorneys and staff. Um, And there's evidence that came out in an Inspector General's report 
on that whole incident that showed that Acosta knew about this and that he didn't provide uh, proper enforcement of these of these laws and he didn't crack down. And, and he, he, in certain ways, he behaved the way he's behaving so far in the Senate hearings, which is to say he he sort of just deflects and defers and says, well, this, you know, I didn't know about it, or I had, you know, um, delegated that responsibility of oversight to somebody else, or somebody else was really more in charge of that program. And, um, you know, but that's not leadership. I mean, when you're running a major division in the Justice Department, um, as he was, you know, you have to take that kind of responsibility. And so, you know, not only Inspector General, but, you know, Senator Elizabeth Warren really came down hard on him in the hearings about this as being, you know, a failed manager and a failed administrator. I mean, this is pretty serious stuff uh, when you're talking about breaking federal laws and uh, politicizing the hiring of Justice Department attorneys, and Acosta was overseeing this and, not, and doing nothing about it. Um, and then again, in the hearings now to become Labor Secretary, he's acting much the same way and just mostly saying, well, you know, I believe in these concepts such as, you know, equal pay or the Women's Bureau or, you know, good jobs or safe jobs, safe jobs or good jobs, you know, but it doesn't mean anything uh, if he's not going to fight for um, both the budget and um, for enforcement um, abilities to actually enforce the rules, even if the rules don't get fully um, repealed and rolled back, you know, but already we're seeing, um, you know, again, so I would see, I would see him at, at minimum, I would see Acosta as a willful enabler and an actor of the Trump labor agenda. Hmm. And, you know, that's not surprising, I suppose, since he's, he's been appointed to this, um, or nominated to this uh, position, but that doesn't mean that we should accept it, uh, just because it's predictable or makes sense in that context, you know, that's a terrible context for us to be accepting or normalizing. And, and again, this agenda in short, you know, the, you can read more at the nation article, um, on the nation.com or my piece in the progressive called trumping labor, which goes into more depth about, uh, the Trump and Ryan Congress labor agenda. But a lot of it includes, um, you know, gutting workplace health and safety, Budgets and so, for instance, they want to cut um, these OSHA training grants for the Occupational Safety and Health Administration. Sounds kind of wonky, but these are grants that go out all across the country to actually train workers at risk in high-risk, high-hazardous injury uh, in industries <laughs> um, to train them to avoid things like flips and falls in the workplace, or handling toxic materials, or wearing the proper safety gear, and, and all kinds of other things. And, wow. and businesses actually use these programs. I mean, if you go through the list of, you know, and I talk about this in more detail in the article, but, you know, some of the people who get these grants are are small business groups um, in the construction industry, for instance. And so what you're talking about is if Trump uh, ever gets his infrastructure program enacted, if he ever stops failing and flailing around with all this other destruction and and actually got an infrastructure plan going, um, but he got these cuts as well, then you'd have construction workers, many of whom probably may have, I shouldn't say probably, but, you know, many of them might have voted for him. And, 
they'll be less safe on the job because of these cuts. Thank you. Well, Christopher, uh, that's, uh, that's, uh, I, I, I'd like we do it's one slice of a pie, a pie, a mud pie, a pie that may be going right into our face. Yeah, big mud pie, right? A big mud pie, just kidding me, uh, spontaneously, of course. And I'd like you to continue uh, uh, doing what you're doing. You're always welcome here at 4.30. Just let me know. Thank you. Because this is going to be an ongoing situation. And I don't want to speak because we have other folks here who are going to come on, in fact. uh, But it sounds like the Labor Labor Secretary, Secretary to be reminds me a lot of the Supreme Court's justice to be. They're right. both supposedly quiet guys, supposedly uh, uh, quietly and uh, sanely conservative, not uh, mm-hmm. sanely conservative, but time to tell. And when we have the evil one is in charge, I'm talking about Trump. They, they, so they seem like similar personalities. I wanted to take a look at that. But uh, so, uh, Christopher, I want you to feel welcome to call in as you develop it, as you do yeah, your stories for such places as the nation, the progressive places that look for, that thirst for the kind of work that you do. And I want to say this to you, Christopher, between you and me and the world, I'd love to see you on Facebook. You have an ongoing conversation on Facebook. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, I try to stay active. And, you do. And, uh, yeah, I try to connect up. And, you know, it's, it's, it's such a... a Strange, problematic world <laughs> that we're uh, every post is giving a little more money to this company, and and um, you know now with these new, uh, even further invasions of privacy happening with our IPS, oh um, my goodness, you know and everything. I think it's right. you know, all of this the is really worrisome, but but it is helpful, you know, still as long as we have it. I hope that we find a, a, a different space that we can all migrate toward eventually. Yeah, people space, a people yeah. space. Yeah. A, a friendly Facebook, exactly. but I but think people, the more um, I think as they crack down, as they sell more and more, and people are more and more, uh, ob- it's more and more obvious to people what's happening here. This people space may really be happening. May may happen. We lend a hand, but then also you yeah. see, and end with end with that, you see the Congress voted to take away a lot of the privacy out of the internet at the same time. Didn't that happen yesterday, the day before? Yeah, yeah this yeah, week. Yeah, I think Tuesday, actually, and it's just started to become sort of bigger news uh, for the end of the week. But yeah, wow. I mean, we had a lot of terrible stuff this week with some of the EPA cuts being discussed and the uh, uh, rollback on certain pesticide protections that people are talking about. Uh, Right. The Great Lakes. Very harmful pesticides. Great Lakes, Puget Sound. Great Lakes. They, they had, yeah. had been $700 million was spent to keep them clean. Now it's in barely two digits on both of them. Just cut yeah. them out without yeah. a word. And he, yeah. uh, I mean, this guy, this is the evil one. No, it's horrible. It's well, horrible. Gary, uh, yeah, it's horrible. But we got this. We 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 we're a voice of the resistance right here. We keep yep. it up. We're kind of under the radar. We are under the radar. I think. Uh, under well, the radar. we we do get twenty two hundred downloads a month. But we get twenty two hundred <laughs> downloads a month. So that's right some seed. Right on. So stick around. Wait, I want you to speak. Of stick around. I got my brother Gary, who's been watching carefully what's happening with Trump, with the evil one. That's what I'm coming on. So uh, stay uh, stay online. Stay on the phone for a bit. Hey, Gary, let us know what you've discovered. Give a listen, Gary, Christopher. Well, thank you for what you've shared with us, Christopher, and I appreciate your research. But I have to caution you and all the members of the media. The only importance of discuss- discussing topics like the Labor Secretary 
is not as an organizing exercise. It's as exposing it as a distraction from talking about Trump and Putin. No matter how you use your research as a lead-in, the only thing you or any of us right now should be talking about in relation to Trump is his relationship to Vladimir Putin. Oh, I can't be more orthodox about that. But you're going to talk about that. Go it's on, it's on, the only man. thing to talk about. Everything else is simply about. a distraction. I, I respectfully disagree. I, I, yeah. I appreciate your comments, and I'm sure you know a lot more than I do about it, but I... I think it's very important. I, I don't deny it's very important, but I think uh, I, I really disagree with that as a sort of totalizing statement about. Maybe you should. Maybe I should hear you explain it more fully. Though. Well, we have many gardens that are being destroyed. We have other people who are investigating those particular gardens. They need to. And, and the person, the point of this program is to let us know what's happening, like with the labor center. But Putin and Trump, I call Putin the, I call Trump the evil one. I call Putin the evil man one, and uh, that should be focused on. And that's what you're doing. So please do that, and uh, please do that. But don't. But the Hebrew uses the word totalization. We got to keep our eyes open everywhere. Take it away. Uh, keep on talking, Chris. Oh, Gary. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, you're Chris. I'm yeah. Gary. Well, it, while, while it sounds rather uh, starkly black and white, uh, I see the Acosta situation as typical of active measures and other sorts of analysis apply, but active measures is the Russian term for this sort of counter-organizing strategy, uh, seeking whose opponents and seeking whose supporters. Uh, we see the split in the Republican Party last week, which is actually potentially important, uh, leading to apparent conflict with Trump and Ryan. Does it mean anything? If it's not a reason to remind people that this administration is an illegitimate foreign representative, it means very little. Uh, the amount of time we spend about talking in relation to anything other than we are fighting a foreign invasion is to a certain degree normalizing the foreign invasion and potentially can be portrayed as collaborating in an extreme reactionary way portrayed as collaborating. That's where the black and white can be very irritating when I spout it. But ultimately, we have to look for ways to align with people who are willing to align against Trump. We have to find rhetoric with which to unite opposition to Trump. We really can't support any normalizing we can't really support any actions oh, yeah. by the administration. Absolutely. Uh, that's yeah. one of the reasons why I find this a distraction. I, I, I have yeah. to say, okay, headcount who appointed or voted to appoint Acosta, and then headcount who's going to resist the administration's actions yeah. while using the resistance as a way to remind the media they should be talking about nothing except... Well, you know, it's interesting. I mean, I mean, we're not, we're never going to get all of us to kind of agree to focus in the exact same place. But I think that, um, so I look at it almost roughly opposite that. You know, I think that I think all of it's very important, and I think that the uh, allegations and and the, the evidence coming out about various connections with Putin and Russia are obviously important and significant, but often they also do distract um, from the actual policy agenda that is being enacted, that is affecting people's lives right now. Mm -hmm. And I think that, 
you know, none of us are about normalizing Trump in the slightest. I think it's actually the opposite. But I think that, um, you know, and I, and I think it's it's it, the whole thing about Russia and Putin is tricky because we don't have all the information yet. And we don't we know there's, you know, significant problems. I, I wouldn't see it as a, um, you know, my take on it is that, of course, Russia has been meddling and, and in in these ways with our election process and we shouldn't allow it or normalize it, but we should understand at least in our conversations and in our political understanding that this is exactly what the U S does all around the world. And this is the form that it's taking for Russia now because they don't have the military or economic or political geopolitical sort of power or supremacy that they used to have. And so they've funneled it and that doesn't make it okay or legitimate at all. I'm just saying that I think we need to see it in that context. I mean, this is how they operate now to try to destabilize the U.S., um, whether it's Trump or, you know, the DNC or other things, you know, and it's like, I think all of it needs to be exposed and and opposed for sure, uh, no question about it. But I think that, you know, we can pay attention on numerous fronts. That's what we're about. We can't focus exclusively in one direction or the other. Exactly. Christopher, Gary, we're hoping as, as this, uh, I've been doing more than hoping, I'm saying, as this begins to unravel, we need, uh, we need, uh, we need a number of voices who are working in the whatever gardens. Uh, uh, as Voltaire said, tend your garden. Well, you got you got tend your garden, and that's uh, you interpret it the wrong way. I, you know, I'm just interpreting the way that uh, uh, Gary, this way, Gary, you're looking seriously. I mean, more and more is coming out of connections between the inner circle of Trump and the inner circle of Putin. And as far as I'm concerned, they're, they're the evil ones, and they're, they're, whether they have in mind using all these things, not, the, not that list of things that you mentioned, because they can't afford that. And that's dangerous, but using the kind of stuff that they are using in order to dominate the world and be able to cut it up. We got two evil ones, I'd say. Our evil one, Trump, is the one who's, whatever he does, and whoever be his minions, his robots, his... Uh, and, and we puppets. have and we have to look at it as he is, you know, somebody else's minion. You know, all of these uh, military-industrial interests uh, that that uh, tend to always get their way. Um, you know, to, to to purely focus on Trump, who you know can't you know barely hold a line of thought, but happens to be in a very uh, powerful position. Um, being in the position to sign legislation to appoint people to different positions that have really started to completely deconstruct the way that the American government is set up in terms of even trying to help the citizens. And so I think, uh, you know, I'm kind of, obviously we're all looking at, at, at this as we can't normalize what Trump is doing. We can't, and we have to be coming at it from all these different fronts. I, I agree. But certainly on the domestic front of the laws that are, that, that the, the bills and the laws that are getting proposed and passed through the Senate, um, are, are, are the ones that are going to affect American citizens the most in the immediate term. You know, all of this international intrigue, um, is, is uh, you know it's great to to dig into and and try to see you know who's holding all the purse strings, um, but uh, I'm I'm certainly more in the in the camp of saying you know what can we do here now uh, to 
to to show and to follow what's really happening behind this very distracting, uh, you know, kind of puppet show we've got going on. What I want to say, Diamond Dave speaking, is that we're here. We intend as long as we can to to exercise our First Amendment right of free speaking. Is that right, Val? Oh, yeah. Our First Amendment right of free speaking at the same time help uh, provide a space because I don't know any other space really at the moment. Well, well, there might be, but this is a space we provide for people to come out, come up, come here, let the world know we're streaming on the world on the internet. As Val said, we have over over 2,000, well over 2,000 downloads every month. God knows how many people are spared listening live. This is streaming live. So hey, Christopher, you be welcome with what you do and as a compliment what what you're also doing in the the old responsible, the old liberal media, uh, the progressive of the Nation magazine is certainly good examples of that. I'm 79 years old. I've been reading it since I'm 18. Well, I did read it a lot. No, 16. It was in my high school library. And that's where I first began to read it and read it closely. It was an article yeah. by Kenneth Rexroth in The Nation oh, wow. saying something's happening in San Francisco. Uh, this, uh, the, uh, the first bohemia since World War II. Wow. And told about the poets and sea lights and pot smoking and all-night parties. That was in The Nation. Kenneth Rexroth uh, that, that, put me on that, that put me on that highway, standing at the side of Highway 80 with my thumb, lot, uh, thumb out coming here. In, and that was 1957. Wow! Yeah. Fuck yeah! A lot of history yeah. happening, and Hipstery. and and uh, <laughs> so much we could dive into today. Yeah. Um, yeah. But certainly, uh, Christopher Cook, thank you for calling in, and yeah, uh, we'll we will talk again soon. And thank appreciate, you all. Have a have a good weekend. Thank you. Appreci- appreciate your updates. And uh, we are here at the Common Thread Collective. It's five ten, so we have about thirty five minutes left in the show today. We've got uh, quite a few folks who are are here to participate, which is wonderful. We love that everybody has come down today. I know Gary's got a little bit more to say. David Kubrin has come down uh, to share some some words with us uh, before tomorrow's Mission Arts and Performance Project, and uh, also. I believe uh, Rainbow is still out there, yeah, and he's going to play another song for us in just just a few minutes. Um, and also the Richard Sandrell, and it's his birthday, so uh, we certainly want to make sure that we have um, make the space. And, and as Dave likes to say, nobody goes away mad, nobody goes away sad, everybody goes away glad having done what they came to do. So let's keep moving this show along, folks. Here we go. So Gary. I was about to say what she, we, we we think we've been doing this so so long, Val and I, that we kind of think alike, and I'm thinking like to tie it up. It looks like uh, it's coming up. His, uh, his, and you know this so well. It's on your mind. Who was it? Was fired? He had been, was going to be his head of the head of security, but now is being a uh, bit off, maybe offered, uh, maybe offered what if he comes and testifies? As he's asked for it, he's demanded it. The Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, who should not be granted immunity, absolutely 100% not be granted immunity. Uh, The only reason I need to uh, believe that fully is that Donald Trump requested he be granted immunity. So, first off, Mr. Flynn needs to be prosecuted. Second of all, he would not be the first American to be declared an enemy combatant. Third of all, I'm against torture, but I'd like to see that 
be a question for Mr. Flynn, who supported the waterboarding of enemy combatants before he resigned. Should he now be waterboarded? Let's go back in time and ask General Flynn 12 months ago if General Flynn should be waterboarded in April of 2017 now that it's apparent he's a traitor. How eager is Donald Trump to waterboard an apparent American citizen who is an apparent traitor? Well, he's eager to give him an immunity. Does that excite anyone for the prospect of giving Lieutenant Flynn, General Flynn, an immunity? Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. Absolutely not. Now, another bunch of the crew, we're talking about the inner circle. We're talking some people were in the inner circle and left. Um, But we're definitely in there. Now, they've all legally jumped up and they've they requested, they say they're anxious to testify. What is that about? Well, I, I think they're all anxious to use this period in which Trump is apparently quite in control of Justice Department mechanisms, such as the granting of immunity to testify before Congress, uh, to try to get as much legal immunity as possible. Now, there's something that everyone should be aware of. Today, FBI agents raided a Trump-related offshore casino in Saipan, run by a Trump associate who was involved in three previous Trump company bankruptcies. Now, I smell money laundering, and because I don't trust director comedy of the FBI possible cover-up, a U.S. uh, annexed territory, Mm -hmm. Uh, just like Putin illegally annexed Crimea, we annexed Saipan some time ago. Uh, There's no way to be certain, I'm quoting the Palmer Report at palmerreport.com, there's no way to be certain that the FBI raid of the casino is part of its ongoing investigation into the Donald Trump campaign. Hmm. However, the timing of the raid on this casino in Saipan is notable for two reasons. One is the aforementioned FBI arrest yesterday of the 10 people in New York who have the alleged ties to Trump and Russia. The other is that former CIA director James Woosley publicly admitted just a few days ago about illegal activities Woosley quote-unquote overheard while attending a Trump campaign meeting with Michael Flynn in Turkey, the nation-state's government of Turkey, suggesting that Woosley who very suspiciously flipped on the Clintons and supported Trump's campaign, Woosley may now also be cooperating with the quote-unquote feds. So we now have potentially indictments, if we have a government we could trust, of Lieutenant General, who had to resign from the Trump administration, and a former CIA director whose uh, resignation from the Trump administration seems to have been lukewarm at best since this meeting took place weeks after his alleged resignation. So we have more and more and more powerful figures who are hoping to get immunity now from a favorable Congress and a favorable executive branch, which should not be giving out justices on the court 
which should not be giving out immunity, which should not have any power to make laws or sign bills. So less and less and less our government is any little bit legitimate. Any Democrat who is supporting in the House of Representatives any of these appointments or any of these bills needs to be out the door. I feel sent. It's American in name only, not Dino anymore, not Rhino anymore, not Democrat in name only, not Republican in name only. You're an American in name only if you're supporting any of these activities by this corrupt administration and its friends in the judicial branch and its friends in the legislative branch. It's us or them now. So right or wrong, does it feel... Bill, and the end of that said, I expect he came for you. Of course, Gary, we want you in next week because it'll be chapter two. This is happening very quickly. Whatever's happening, it seems to be happening quickly. Every day, there's another, 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 and another. And it's feel that the chances that this, the whole thing may come down like a that there's a chance that this whole thing may come down as a, like a house of cards. Well, I'm afraid it'll come down on all our heads. That's what it sounds like. If we can avoid blood in the streets, I would be very grateful. Very, very grateful. Very grateful. You got the voice for it too, Gary? Judas Priest, what a life that we're living. (laughs) Well, I'm, I'm 79 years old. I keep saying that. And never in my long life, I remember Watergate. And that was supposed to be a big deal. And Wallagate is kind of chump change compared to what's happening now. Isn't that right? Uh, we are losing the second Cold War with Russia rapidly. The most important loss was 11th 9 16 with the, ele- with the election of Donald Trump. That was a major battle we lost with Russia in the second Cold War. Last night, uh, a friend attacked me to prevent me from performing Trump rabies live. Uh, this is someone who had been for several weeks very verbally upset about performance choices such as doing the Sig Heil Hitler salute when I mention our Fuhrer Donald Trump, such as goose-stepping during parts of the poem. So it's a very real thing for me, personally wow. now. So, uh, when, when, well, me and I'll just say, oh, you mean the evil one. <laughs> and, now the, and the evil doer. Trump, Putin, Trump, Putin, Trump, Putin. Well, Gary, thanks for coming in. Thank you, for, uh, thank you Dave. It's all, it's, uh, the, hey, Val. Yeah, Dave. This be a place. It is a place. It is a place. Well, we do it. <laughs> the kind of talent we have here, the kind of human beings we have here, you won't find anywhere else. Even on left-leaning and leaning KPFA, where it's all about victims, victims, victims. We come out with that. We come out. It's entertainment and entertainment, and hopefully, this is what it's about. The truth. Hey, David Cobra. Thank you, Gary. And uh, uh, I know hey, we, we kind of started running a little bit tight on time, but you're welcome back next week, of course. Thank you so much for having me today, Dave. And thank you, Val. As always, you are a goddess of the microphone. Why, thank you. Thank you. And I and I did want to say that uh, Dave's like you know before you know not like KPFA where it's a bunch of victims, but Women's Magazine on KPFA often often um, you know is is uh, interviewing uh, really remarkable uh, women and uh, who aren't uh, necessarily playing the victim card. So, uh, but yeah, no, this is as you said, Dave, a unique. 
a group of, of individuals like nowhere else and uh, certainly never a dull moment. So thanks everyone for, for participating and being here with us on the Common Thread Collective here at hey, Mutiny Radio. Two, and I had two, uh, I want to say, I had a two be continued long conversation with Mandy, the Australian English woman who's sitting right here. Ah, uh, yes, Maddie. Maddie, Maddie. Go- Maddie Godfrey. I got mad you got a Maddie Godfrey. She called me and we had a long and fascinating and interesting conversation with her to be continued. She's off to Australia where she grew up and then then almost immediately she's taking another plane back. I mean, if you're in Australia, back to England where she's got a whole series of festivals including, hold your hat, the, the, the festival of them all, the Edinburgh Festival. Oh wow, and the Edinburgh gonna, Festival. You know, she's all of that. The, well, we, in the Fr- the Fringe Festival, is fringe that what that is? Fringe exactly. <laughs> cool, cool. Edinburgh. Yeah, Maddie Godfrey. She's an amazing oh, my uh, poet, poet, like slam poet champion. Uh, very young, but very, uh, very ahead of her, kind of uh, beyond you. her years in a sense. She she, oh. she sat right here, and the words that came on, it was like, wow, wasn't it? Yeah. And what yeah. she had was she had, what, what she had to say about gender, about gender. Wow, mm-hmm. she had the fresh look of a new generation on gender. Wow, and she—you could see she was like that every moment. She was who she was, and that woman—not just the spoken word, not just the poet, but a performance artist as well—is bringing the truth to a lot of different places. Amen. And she's, do it, Maddie. Maddie, Maddie, lots of Maddie. love. Our hey, new friend, and here we have David Cooper. Hey, David Cooper, welcome, oh, well, brother. Glad you made it. Welcome to the Common Thread Collective. Thank you. Oh, welcome back. Always, yeah, <laughs> always great to be here and hear people's thoughts and words and music. Yeah, that's what we try to do. And uh, um, so tomorrow is Map. Tomorrow tell, is t- Map. Tell us it's about every two it. months. For those of you out there who don't know about Map, it's a totally free festival of creating beauty for the sake of it. There's no money involved. Uh, artists from the Mission and from the Bay Area, and, and actually uh, sometimes when they're passing through, we get them um, you know, from el- elsewhere. Uh, the most amazing music and poetry and visual art and whatnot. There are about a dozen venues, garages, street corners, houses, uh, backyards, cafes, bookstores, and it's wonderful. And tomorrow, tomorrow is, it's every two months, tomorrow is the next one. And and each year, each, each by month, every month, other month, a theme is kind of, is pretty collectively chosen as what it will be. So hold your hat, everybody. Hold on to your britches. What is the theme of this? this the theme map? is a call to action. Let, oh, a thousand, let a thousand seeds of resistance be planted, yeah. watered, given love and sun so that they sprout. I mean, obviously it calls for massive resistance nationwide, oh locally, internationally. Yeah, and Billy Ray galactically Trump. for for that matter. All right, hey, don't stop at the borders, Trump, right? Trump, the evil one. Well, there are no borders. He wants to build a wall. Billions of dollars to a wall. He wants to give them health care. Luckily, he could put it together. <coughs> health care. He wants to build this wall, a thirty foot high wall, ten foot buried in the ground. This wall to keep the fellow human beings out. But what I say, and what I'll say tomorrow, what I'm going to say now is that we need to build a wall. We need to build a wall, not a billion dollar, billions of dollar wall that he's talking about, 
with a wall of love, with a rainbow bridge, and welcome our brothers and sisters right here, because this be this be sanctuary, well, this be sanctuary, and uh, get, and and to do that we have to get ready, get our spirits ready, get ready in every way, and I hope some of that will come tomorrow, because every time that people come together, it should be adding, adding. It has been doing that for quite some time. It should be adding to the possibility of our resistance, the resistance of the people, right here, right now, right now, and growing, growing, growing. What do you think, Richard? What do you, th what do you think, David? <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> the more we can resist, the more we can link up, the more we can establish webs of solidarity and, and uh, cooperation and throwing roadblocks. And, you know, whether it's civil disobedience or, you know, what have you, uh, the better. Uh, and given that we're short of time. Well, we've got, I mean, we've got a little while. We're just, uh, okay, we're just well, I picked a short poem. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, okay, all right. And it's called First Lessons, subtitle, Were Furniture Makers Ever Children? Hmm. <laughs> when I was young... I crawled and walked under crudely fashioned pieces of wood, edges rough to the eyes and unfinished, no paint or stain to adorn their shocking nakedness. It is where one would see the makings of the table, chair, desk, or whatever fixture it might have been. From underneath, one was privy to it all. It was where appearance gave way to the principles by which it was made, mechanics trumping mere looks. Gaps in the wood unimportant, if not integral to the design, where bolts were not hidden away like a deformed limb in shame. On top, the surfaces were polished and duly shaped, and daily in my house these surfaces were dusted, even polished. Not here, not down under. Oh, how I resented being let into these down and dirty secrets, as if my eyes did not count, my sensibilities of no consequence, not mine, ours, the legion of other children and animals worldwide who were down, and was this not a fundamental injustice? And meantime, I got my first lessons on how the world is really made, how there is always an underside where rules are bent, and a better sense of how things truly are. Wow. What an allegory. But it's kind of a to be continued as well. Just in a lifetime to be continued. David, oh, I have something I want to say to you. The undersides. The undersides, so beautiful. There's something I want to say to you. We're both... We're pretty much uh, the same year. We're certainly the same generation, certainly the same decade. I was born in 1937. I think you got something similar. Is that right? 39. 39. Hey, young fellow. 46. 46. When hey, we were when we were born, David, genocide was not a worldwide principle that was going on everywhere. That's true. That makes a big difference in our sensibilities, I think. You know, I was going to say... The bomb hadn't been exploded. Okay, yeah. well, well, the genocide is at 6 million. And uh, what I was thinking, you're exactly, you're exactly right. I was thinking when we were talking, you mentioned the Triangle Shirtwaist Fire. The, the, the Triangle Shirtwaist Fire. Mm -hmm. And it just happened. Mm -hmm. My great aunt survived. She was there. Wow. And this was a group... 
of young women whose first language was Yiddish. They were not English speaking. The first, pretty much, the first language is Yiddish. Is that right, David? In the triangle? I was unaware ab- that about that. I knew. Yeah, it was a. It was a. Uh, there were a lot of immigrants um, who who were in that Jewish. in that fire. Jewish. They came. They were. They came here. They they left Russia. They left Minsk. They left uh, Vilna. They left Mesopotamia. They left the town, the cities, where they, they were. Where they, a lot of them, many were members of the Yiddisher socialist boon. They left. They'd gotten out of the shetto. They'd gotten out of the small towns, the Jewish towns, of the pale, to get away from the power, the, the rule of the rabbis, the thumb of the men, the rabbis, and came to the city. And the first generation, the Yiddish socialist boomed. They were also the ones on which came the Yiddish theater. And they're the ones who, in 1906, after the fall of the, the fall of the first, the, the first Russian Revolution, who left, who left. And brought with them their socialism. It came over the workers, uh, the, the uh, uh, socialism, the Arbeiter Ring, the Workmen's Circle, the Arbeiter Ring, and also the the the, 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 the also what came out of it was the Women's Gar- Garment Workers Union, and all that circle of Garment Workers Union, the various the number of names, that whole collection, all came out of that time, and all came uh, people like who survived the Triangle Shirtwaist Fire and brought their socialism with them, and that's uh, that's uh, that's uh, my memory what I heard from my 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 grandmother and my aunt who told me all of that and they were Yiddish speaking to the end, but I remember sitting at this side, my mother, who was a socialist as well, told me those stories. Well, you're much better off than I am. I never well, heard I'm those stories when I, from my family. If I'm to believe my family, ours was the only Jewish family at that point who had no contact whatsoever to union agitation or left-wing agitation of any kind. And of course that wasn't true, but... Where did they grow up? Where did you grow up? Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Well, I'm talking about Brooklyn. Uh, I'm talking about the Lower East Side of New York. Yeah. I think the Jews, there were Jews that came to Minneapolis. That's where I grew up. That's where my my mother and grandmother came. And they came to work, and my grandmother came to work in the garment trades, because that's it, the the Shirtwaist Union, the Women's Garment Workers Union, all that kind of came out. The Workman's Circle was called the Arbeiter Ring. Ever heard of that? Mm -hmm. Yiddish, all Yiddish speaking. They came to work at Munsingware which was a huge clothing factory that moved out of the out of New York and uh, maybe to escape the Union and came to Minneapolis. And, and one of the great there. tragedies of the 20th century is that the establishment of Zionism led to the suppression of all that Yiddish culture. What's the poetry, back? the music, it's coming back. But when Israel was established, they tried to suppress um, uh, Yiddish as a language of art. And... To me, uh, second to the the Holocaust suppression of Judaism, uh, yeah, it's second to that, but it's astounding. Well, I, but, I, but I got a couple of things to say. First, speaking of the Holocaust, I but I say that generation of Jews who got came here after the revolution of '06, when it started, there was the main the main getting out of town. My my, my grandmother used to talk about sitting on the uh, sitting on the deck of the ship. They were down about sitting on the jack and watching whales sporting around them <laughs> as they came. But that generation and those who stayed, 
in the pale, you know, the pale is that part of Russia, yeah. Poland, Afghanistan, they live sometimes there. The, the pale where Jews are supposed to live. The, and those who stayed were slaughtered either in the Holocaust yeah. or by Stalin. Yeah. And I finally figured out why it's called the, ba- the pale. It's because the borders keeps on sloshing That's back and exactly forth. Right. They did. Depending they did. on what war and what diplomatic. There's a, there, there's games. a guy who lived in World Three Empires without leaving town. He, was, uh, he, he lived in the Russian Empire, the Hungarian Empire, and the German Empire, and he never left town. <laughs> he said, that's the story. Well, anyway, so glad that you're here. Yeah, and and um, since tomorrow is MAP, um, what's going to be happening at the, is there something happening at Pathos on Harrison? Always. What's happening um, and what time? Uh, well, we start at 9 with about 15 minutes of uh, grounding and invocation of the the elders in the four directions, and then uh, a wonderful po- poet rap artist named Felicia, who Felicia, I've heard, yeah, and um, oh, Fulgate, yeah, Felicia yeah. Fulgate, and uh, let's see who else, Dina Zarif, who if anyone who hasn't heard her, an incredible voice. Uh, Wahike, which is Jorge Molina's band, will be playing. And one of my favorite, they always do, and they're always wonderful, but one of my favorite bands, uh, Juan Cuba and Los Nadis, will be playing tomorrow night. And uh, God, whoever. Wow. So that's all, so that all starts at 9 p.m.? Yeah. All and right. then we have the after party. Okay. And wow, you guys, you know, you're sitting around here talking about, you know, born in the 40s. I mean, you guys are staying out later than I am. <laughs> our, our, map, our map will go to 30s and 40s. Our map regularly goes to 4 in the morning. Oh, you guys are just so cool. <laughs> oh, you have to cross town to get home because you're already home. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's the, that's the brilliance of David Kubrin. Come to my house, and I, I will. That. That's, that's one of the reasons you I can leave, and I will go to bed. But I will shop. capture your soul while you're there. <laughs> I, I got a couple things. I got a couple things to say and nurture soul it. Catherine. But I remember one. I want to get we, we, this guy. I was just wondering, where's Felicia? We need her for poems under the dome for the reception. That would be nice. Fuck yeah! So I'm gonna come back. And also, I want to say, thank goddess. I just, thank goddess. I just remembered, uh, Chio Cambio. We're going to try to come by. We don't know whether... Uh, well, probably not today. Well, let me speak about it. Well, okay, we only have 10 minutes left. Okay, well, we got Richard. I want to speak about it with you as well. Just speak you know, Dave. They're going to be in the... They're going to be in the... Uh, they're curating the secret garden. Yeah. Right next door, pretty much next door to your house. Mm-hmm. They're having a lot of things. They're curating the secret garden, and that'll be six. So right after got the library, you can come over to the secret garden, and though our house band, so beautiful, so much love, I'm throwing Trio Combo, Trio Combo will be there. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Hey, Richard. And then we, well, Richard, give us something. Thank you, David Kubrin. Uh, oh, thank, thank you, Val. Always a pleasure to see you. Yeah, same here. We are. And here's Richard Sanderell. It's his birthday today. Happy, yeah, happy hey. birthday, Richard. Hey, thank you. Welcome to the 70s. Uh, 70s. Yeah, what a great decade. What a great decade. All right. Um, no, I'm sorry. Um, all right. There is a drum. There is the drum. When I hear the heartbeat, 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 I hear the drum, the drum of the indigenous heart, heart sounds of the people from Turtle Island, 
Listen to the heart. It is the rhythm of life, humanity's beat. Listen to the Yoruba drummers, shakers. See who's left not dancing, shaking. Reach, stretch yourselves, feel the joy of mind, body, in ecstasy. You know, the things the black robe people call sinning. That's what they're here for. With their dishes of fear, hatred of the other is a cold, cold dish served to non-believers who reject these fear mongers and their destructive behaviors. Adios, bye-bye, haters of humanity. I listen to the heartbeat, heartbeat, heartbeat. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Richard. Thank you. Thank you, David. All right, this is uh, going down memory lane again. I, uh, it was 50 years ago that I came to San Francisco. I was still in the Navy, and I uh, went up to the hate. Uh, I have another piece I'll read next week about the hate. Uh, but one of the things I came up here that I went to was to the Fillmore. So this is called Spring of Love, Long Live the Fillmore. As the war goes on, civil rights continue to be fought for as cities continue to burn. Meanwhile, I go to the Fillmore just before the city and wars on humanity murders this neighborhood of life, culture. Great record stores playing homage Jamal, Miles Davis, Dexter Gordon, Diana Washington, Nina Simone. Great jazz blues clubs up and down the lower Fillmore when the Fillmore was one street. Great community of old Edwardians and Victorian houses. Going to the finer clubs, black men dressed to the nines, looking fine, looking better than anyone could in a suit. Black women dressed as they were going, as, as they were models at fashion shows and some of the finest hats of the time. Musical in their steps, color, beautiful color. Then there are the clubs where it didn't matter what you wear. All came for the same reasons, to cut loose of their sorrows, setbacks, heartache, celebrating, rejoicing with women, men, and the blues. Then there are these, then there are those who don the dashiki. There is a new revolution, fe revolutionary feel. Poetry as revolution set to music. Do not forget the people of the Fillmore and their culture that helped them survive before the great destruction. Remember their joys and struggle, and remember where Usa's music heritages lie. What a lucky white man I am. Uh, I was a time before the great destruction and my great depression of the body and mind. And the wars continue on humanity. Mm. Wow. Wow, Richard. That's such a time perspective there. And now I have seven black children. All of them are doing pretty well, each in their own way. <coughs> Samson, R.I.P., beautiful son, is just a week ago, it was four years ago, he passed away, he died of AIDS. He was a beautiful, young, chocolate-colored dancer. He died of AIDS. Sorry. And all my kids, my Grace, and Grace Candace, Grace, if you're listening, I love you, sister. Ricochet, I love you. Ubi, playing his bass guitar. So lucky, he can really play the bass. David, David Dellett, down there. So Samson, Sapphire, Grace and Joy. What Shoot. a well, Sue's taking us out. What a crew, Dave! You've you've uh, of your progeny. <laughs> Talk about the Fillmore. That's where they grew up too. And that's how I got my name, Diamond Dave, on KPOO Community Radio by the Panthers. 
who, uh, who we're, we were hanging out with. And uh, uh, Zeke, he was like six foot eight. He was head of security for the Panthers. He was a big dude. He was the one who the first name me Diamond Dave. He's and it stuck. 1972 or 73. He was. Diamond Dave, huh? And part of it was that uh, some of these black Republican Panthers would come in and say, well, when he's all about, so what's this white boy doing here? And he would say, <laughs> that's Diamond Dave. He's got the kids. He's part of the. He's got a family. He's part of us, and that's how he got the, got the name Diamond Dave. What's this white boy doing here? Well, that's <laughs> Diamond Dave. This was in the Fillmore at a time where I've heard that before. <laughs> What's that white so, boy doing here? Richard Sandrell. Or they say, "Where's that white boy?" Richard, uh, I'm so glad you came to. Well, you come down to the show so regularly, and that you came down to celebrate your birthday with us. How are you going to be continu- continuing your birthday celebrations after this? You heading over to Cafe International? Of course. Oh, good. Yeah. You know they're going to feature me for a half hour, those poor people. I know. Well, that's on April 28th, right? At the end of April. Yeah, I'm going to have uh, David Erdreich uh, back me up on some of them on his sacks. Very cool. Yeah. And then on uh, April 16th, Easter, uh, Casa Dot. That's right, at Adobe Books. And uh, I think EK is going to be there. You're there. Yeah. Yeah, we've got a. It's a busy month of April coming up. All us poets yeah, are ready to roll, roll. and uh, I think Rainbow, Rainbow, our Rainbow, friend out there, Rainbow. is ready to roll with Gotta one one last song to take us out. And you're ready. This, we're ready for you. Thank you. This song's um, for the Mother Earth. It's called "If the Bomb Comes." Go ahead, Rainbow. Okay. There's a sweet girl Someplace in the world But don't you ever be is a cesspool I Take a look at the skin that you're living in I thought that you might like to know You're a living soul I just can't understand All the violence in man You say that you don't want to die If the bomb comes, there'll be no place left to hide.
And for what it is worth I love the Mother Earth But I If the bomb come There'll be no place left high Yeah, if the bomb come There'll be no place left to I love you guys. Thanks for having me. We, we love you, Rainbow, and thanks for keeping it real. You've been listening to the Common Thread Collective here at MutinyRadio.fm, San Francisco. It's been a beautiful, uh, rich, uh, wow, inspirational uh, month of Women's History Month. I hope you uh, get to enjoy some of the guests I had on Women's Magazine and that you've been having fun. Listen to the Common Thread Collective, as Diamond Dave was referencing earlier. We never really know exactly what's going to happen, um, but we are always glad that it does. So thanks, everybody, for coming down and joining us any, any given Friday here. Mutiny Radio, San Francisco, Mission District, 21st and Florida. And I'm going to read you a short little poem just to kind of ro- ro- wrap it up, wrap it up, folks, because spring is here. And here we go. We wrap time around our bodies, a wristwatch to track the minutes, seconds, hours, a string around the finger to help us remember something timely. Nowadays, a gentle push of the thumb to reveal numbers, count them, add, but never subtract. The weight of lateness, the pinch of margins, the suggestion of a schedule. Hold your breath for what happens next. But what about now? I like to watch the seasons unfold. The blossom trees are different from yesterday. I wasn't there to see them grow dark leaves, sprout fuchsia buds, unfurl into soft pink petals one at a time. Yet, here I gaze at the wonder of what happened overnight. Crane my chainless neck to fall into the sky for one beautiful moment. We love you here at Mutiny Radio. Stay tuned. The comedy, the uh, the happy hour comedy is coming up next. Uh, of course, always tune in for Fridays. There's a lot happening every day. We'll be back next week, folks. Thanks so much. Peace, y'all, and happy birthday, Richard.
passion, nausea, and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite? I'm gonna guess waffles. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> Actually, Alex, the food I'm talking about are cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby. There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternative to smoking. But can I use it to sleep? Yes, baby. Good, because I'm so excited by this that I may never sleep again. And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4altacalifornia.com. That's 4altacalifornia.com for a non-addictive, pharmaceutical-free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4altacalifornia.com. This is Tusha Matters with Mutiny Radio. Big up to the number one station, the ruling nation. Give it to me every time. Ah! Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District where you can laugh off your tushy for near five every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. Do you need an awesome and underground space for an event? Look no further than MutinyRadio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's Performance Space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsidai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. to hurt me, but boy, how it burns me whenever she touched me. And oh, I feel so lucky. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a pattern? 
will gather around me sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutinyradio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutinyradio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-face McRack. <laughs> SF brings you visual and auditory mind control. For the best graphic design, physical merchandise, and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. The second annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival is coming March 1st through 5th, 2017 to San Francisco, featuring 25 shows in five days and 50 comedians from across the entire U.S., from Washington and Portland to Los Angeles, New York to Indiana, Tennessee to Pennsylvania, these comics will join San Francisco's best underground comedians for five days of comedy at Mutiny Radio. All shows will be live streaming and available after via podcast at www.mutinyradio.fm. But see them live in our intimate 30-seat performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Mission, March 1st through 5th. Tickets available on our website, www.mutinyradio.fm now brought to you by our generous festival sponsors alta california botanicals destiny's mom what a tomato produce company the law offices of john p strauss the third asiento fruitfruithot.com jankytown.org brooke heineken fervor fervor and trina roderick Asiento. This locally owned Mission neighborhood bar and restaurant is excited to be a sponsor for the festival. We hope you'll join us any night of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival for happy hour pricing all night long. Just mention that you are an audience member for happy hour pricing March 1st through the 5th at Asiento. Ariana Huffington is unattractive, both inside and out. What? I fully understand why her former husband left her for a man. What? For a man? For a man? For a man? For a man? Arvton Huffington is unattractive. Go inside and out. I fully understand why her former husband left her for a man. He made a good decision. Making good decisions. 45, making good decisions. 45, are you still alive? Making good decisions. Meryl Streep, 
one of the most overrated actresses in Hollywood. What? Doesn't know me but attacked last night at the Golden Globes. Uh uh. She's a Hillary flunky who lost big. She's a Hillary flunky, flunky. who lost big what? for the hundredth time. I never mocked a disabled reporter. Uh. Uh, 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 I would uh. never do that. No. Uh, I would never do that. Uh. But simply showed him groveling when he totally changed a 16-year-old story that he'd written in order to make me look bad. <laughs> bad, sad, just more dishonest media. Oh, just fake news, fake news. We made a good decision. Did we make a good decision? I said no. I didn't make a good decision. What if I'm So good decision. What if I'm can you imagine what outcry would be if Snoop Dogg's failing career and all had aimed and fired a gun at President Obama? How? Jail time. Jail time. Jail time. Negroes. Jail time. Jail time. Snoop Dogg. Oof, oof, oof. Any negative polls are just fake news, just like CNN, ABC, NBC polls in the election. Sorry, people want border security and extreme vetting. Turn my mic up. Yeah. Want border security and vetting. For the five lives. For the five lives. Just must more dishonest media. Just more very dishonest media. Fake news. I will build a great wall. I will build a great wall. Whoa. And nobody builds walls better than me. I said nobody I builds walls better, better than, than me. me. Believe me. Believe that. I will build a great wall. A great wall. And no one builds walls better than me. And I'll build them very inexpensively. I will build a great wall. The great wall. Big not, great wall. Not China. And nobody builds walls better than me. Definitely yeah. not China, China, you see. I will build a great wall. A great wall. Believe me, and I'll build them very inexpensively. China. And I will make Mexico pay for that wall. Oh, Mexico gonna pay. Nah, not today. Fuck my words. Uh, not today. Fuck not my today. words. <laughs> this no. is... This is my favorite quote. When Mexico sends its people, they're not sending the best. They're not sending you. They're sending people that have lots of problems and they're bringing those problems with us. They're bringing drugs. They're bringing crime. They're rapists. Rape? What? No. When Mexico sends its people, they're not sending the best. They're rapists. And they're criminals Like the over office And some, I assume Are good people There we go Yay! Yay! We did it again! We did it again! Another winner! Did you know we were rapists? We aren't rapists, we're rapists We're rapists Every Friday, from A the Best of San Francisco and Beyond's Underground Comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere five every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. 
But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.com. 